Blog Talk Radio. on that a little bit. I want to touch on racism in NFL and also in light of current events the last 48 hours between Oprah Winfrey's speech and clearly this most 
you know, ridiculous uh, uh, ad by H&M H- H&M clothing. Uh, and the reason I'm going to touch on it is because it's all connected. And we did hear from Snoop Dogg, and we even heard from LeBron James. These things are transcending culture, transcending sports. So a lot to talk about tonight. But as you know, I don't do this alone. Let's bring on uh, my co-host from Atlanta and the surprising Atlanta Falcons, at least surprising to me. But he's a Cowboy fan, so don't get it twisted. JB, welcome to the Madden Voice. Well, I'm so glad you put that last comment in there. That's right. Don't get it twisted. I may be here, yes, but doesn't mean I'm directly affiliated. So, yes, yes sir. sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And the guy who I'm sure is excited to get to see his Steelers back, and uh, we're going to find out if if he believes Antonio Brown is really 100% uh, K-Star. Welcome to the Madden Voice. What's going on, fellas? Absolutely excited for this weekend, that's for sure. Hey, star. I know. I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I don't know where Dr. Train is. I, I expect him. Um, he must be running late, but I expect him. But in, in the meantime, K-Star, I, I, I want to clarify something with you while I have a moment, and you know, because I can. Uh, you know, you and I had a very um, interesting exchange uh, over the weekend about um, – you were, you were very Some issues over this weekend. Yes. Well, yeah, ditto. I mean, you, you called me ignorant. Uh, you know, it's, it's just you know, I yeah, you know, maybe I overreacted a bit, Tony. I would whoop your ass, but you know, I I, I have a thing for I have a thing for internet bullying. Well, I, I, JV, you know me. I I have a thing for any attempt at internet bullying, and I know you better than that. Um, yeah, but, uh, ignorant. Yeah, but you just you, you didn't you just said ignorant. Maybe like, to troll, maybe to troll slightly, but come on, internet boy, like you know me, we're friends. Like let's, let's come on. Let's bring on Doctor Train real quick. Doctor Train, <laughs> welcome to the Madden Voice. Roll Tide. <laughs> we're gonna talk Say about that. We're also <laughs> gonna talk about the Bears' new head coach. So get ready. But before we get into all of that, Doctor Train, you missed my scintillating opening, but that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. Um. I want to clarify, because sometimes we can both agree that Twitter was not the place for us to have our conversation. Um, you know, it just, it just, it's not a place to get into some of the things that you and I end up getting into. But I noticed lately you've had a lot of, a lot of positions on politics and, and African Americans. And I made a comment that you, um, you, you kind of felt like anyone should be able to talk about African-American issues. And I want to clarify that that's not what I meant. I didn't mean that anyone couldn't talk about African-American issues. But I, and I don't have your tweet in front of me, so I'm not going to quote you. But you and, and I want to make sure that I'm catching your meaning. You said because unemployment in the African-American community was at an all-time low that Trump's policies are good for African-Americans. Was that your message on Twitter? Yes. Okay. And that I wasn't the doomsday so, so that everyone had predicted. Was that? And that I wasn't the doomsday everyone had predicted like a year ago that he would be horrible okay. for the African American community. Right. Okay. So I, I did I did understand. And so and here's my point, and I'm gonna keep it simple because we've got a lot to cover tonight, but I figured this is one chance I got to and, and it's gonna tie into some football things too, so it's not just gonna be all politics. But my point is is that you 
as someone who is not African-American, doesn't get to tell us what policies work for us. Just because you read a tweet or a story or an article or review some numbers that you think should make us happy, you don't get to dictate that to us. And that was my point. You, you're, you, you can say you – can, you can state the fact that that statistic is what it is. That's fine. But you didn't stop there. You went on to try to tell us what we should like. And that's not your position. And not just you, meaning K-Star. I'm, I'm saying that's, that's no white person is in a position of telling us that. No more than I can tell a woman what policies a woman would like. No more than I could tell a millennial what policies a millennial would like. No more than I could tell an immigrant what policies an immigrant would like because I'm none of those things. But I am African-American, and I can tell you that unemployment has been trending down for eight years, and unemployment is not the issue, as I alluded to. It's a piece of it, tiny, but really the larger issue is income disparity because we can get jobs, but I myself can't raise a family working at Walmart, McDonald's, or the local you know, uh, uh, um, you know, uh, supermarket. And that's been the issue in this community and our community is getting careers and getting pay that is equal to what our counterparts get. And when white unemployment is three and a half percent and black unemployment is six and a half percent, why is it why is it different? So we don't got to get into all the reasons why we don't got to get into it's not the show for that. But my point is, is that and, and society and anyone out there listening, society's got to stop telling. It's like it's like telling Indians that the term redskin it shouldn't be offensive. I ain't in. I, well, actually, I am part Indian. Which, a small part. I didn't grow up Indian, so it's not up to me to tell someone who's a Native American who lived their life as an Indian that redskin that term isn't offensive. That's for them to decide, not me. So, so that was my first point. My second point is you continue to throw around the term identity politics. And I've, I've let well, it go, I let 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 it go. And you threw it at me again. Do you really know what identity politics is, though, K-Star? Uh, absolutely I know what identity politics is. Identity politics is social Marxism masqueraded into the Western civilization, and it's tribalism. It's the idea that I can tell you or that what you just told me is that I can't have a position on something that doesn't, quote, unquote, affect me. But in America, American policies affect us all. So there's correlations there, right? If I have a policy that causes white unemployment to uh, lower, it's likely going to do the same for black community, which is what we've seen, which is why unemployment's at historic low rate. And I don't like the idea – the idea that we can't talk about these things amongst one another unless you're in this certain segment is troublesome and I think inherently divisive. Mm-hmm. Except here's the problem. Here's the problem. They don't affect us equally. So, no, you can't because something that may benefit you 100% may only benefit me 50%, 25%, or in some cases may not benefit me at all. And do you know where the term identity politics originated from? Go ahead. Civil rights era. Because it was a group of African Americans who realized that the policies for America didn't affect the policies of African Americans, didn't help African Americans. That's where the term came from. So you've got an owner 
know, passed away. But um, the owner's family, who realized that there was an issue with hiring African American quarterbacks, didn't he? Yeah, a, a white man okay. did that. And 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 so the Rooney Rule, which is a form of affirmative action, it's a form of it, is really designed to benefit who? Who who is the Rooney Rule designed to benefit? African Americans and oh, uh, inherently so, the NFL. So your owner, longer term, so your owner of your team recognized that in the NFL, the if the playing field was not level. And said we need to level it, so we are going to mandate that every team in the NFL must at least interview one African American minority candidate for head coach. You know why? Because the current policies weren't making that happen. So we weren't seeing African American head coaches. We weren't seeing starting quarterbacks that were African American. We weren't seeing general managers that were African American. So when we left it up to society, and the normal policies of America, it wasn't happening. So when we introduced the term that you use negatively, participatory politics, we said, hey, wait a minute. There's a race, there's a group here that's being excluded unfairly because the regular rules are not working. Because when we leave it up to the people in power, they're saying, no, I'm not going to interview an African-American candidate. I'm not going to interview a minority candidate. I'm not going to have an African-American quarterback, Rush Limbaugh. I'm not going to have an African-American general manager. So I I, I say this to say I think you're a great guy. I do. I think, you know, I've known you about a good 10 years, know a lot about you, think a lot of these things you read something, you see a Facebook video or a YouTube video or whatever, and you form an opinion, and then that's the end of it. And I, and I, and I, and I want to implore you to open your mind a bit and realize that there's some of us who have been fighting this fight before you were even born. And there's a lot we know that you just can't relate to because you weren't even here to experience it. So when I say something to you, it ain't to hurt you. It ain't to upset you. It's to say, hey, hold on, brother. There's a whole side of this that Facebook isn't going to teach you, that Wikipedia ain't going to teach you, that YouTube isn't going to teach you, that your own life experience can't teach you because I was doing this before you were born. So slow down, pay attention, and if we're going to talk about African-American issues, the best person you can talk to is an African-American, not some troll on Twitter or some Facebook post. Well, uh, real quick, the thing is, you're right, there is an age gap between us, but I think that also there's a difference in eras of identity with politics between one another, right? Like, the idea of, for instance, the Rooney Rule is to unlock opportunity for African Americans that they weren't getting. That's something that I, too, would be in favor for. I'm saying in this era that we're in, where opportunity in terms of, you know, uh, seeking to get certain particular jobs uh, and legally – you know, there are laws preventing such discrimination that there weren't before when the civil rights activists were, were fighting, rightfully so, at the time for it. What I'm saying now is it's harder for that to become a thing. I think inherently divisive as we do have opportunity in terms of, of again, uh, equal opportunity rather, that we have laws, legislation created for to prevent discrimination. That's it. I'm not saying that you're, you're wrong based off – 
how you grew up and everything. Things but, are much different than they are, they are than they are now. Uh, and, well, and a lot of identity politics were absolutely pro uh, necessary in order to lock those certain areas in which society wasn't able to do at that time. But where, where you're wrong is it's that not, that the, the, the improvement isn't enough. And Kaepernick is a good example. It's a, it's a great example of the fact that we watched a game with Jacksonville and Buffalo, and you, you mean to tell me that Colin Kaepernick can't get a job? So, yes, there are certain rules, regulations, and policies in place that are designed to help, but it, it, short as far as production goes, we're, stu- we're still fighting the same fights and the same battles. And you're not going to know that to a point, and this is where I go to my original point, because you're not African-American. So you're not really going to get the fact that, hey, man, I get it. The rules and regs are out there. You know, uh, uh, discrimination is happening every day in my field. Banking and mortgages happen every day. I can send you data. You, you, yeah. you talk about data. I can send you data that would have your head spinning on what's happening in 2017 to African-Americans. The home ownership rate is still is 48%, but in white America, it's 67%. Those are, those are hardcore facts. Why? So uh, my point is, is that just because there are, there are more stipulations in, fe- in, 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 in place today in a, with an attempt to help doesn't mean that the fight is over and that it's won. It ain't even close. And all you got to do is go to, go to Facebook yourself and look at the comments on Oprah Winfrey and all the negativity around something that, you know, the stuff that she said. The lady didn't even say she was running for president, and people are already dogging her and trashing her over, over the, one of the most beautiful speeches I've ever heard that was meant for everybody. And she's getting dogged. People saying, our boy, Gambino, Madden Lab, said, I don't understand what the big deal is with the shirt. I, I have kids that are black. He's white. His wife is black. I call my kids monkeys all the time. I said to him, I said, they're your kids. You can do as you please. Nobody in my family would do that, and no black parent that I know would do that. CK Star, we're not there. We're not even close to being there, brother. We're just not, and that's my point. And, you know, if you want to learn about why we're not there, then you talk to people that are dealing with this every day and stay away from all this other Stuff that's tr- that that you think is going to educate you, that, that stuff, it's not going to educate you. You talk to people that are in the know. I've been I've been doing this. My brother will tell you what I've done in my career for 25, 30 years. Man, I fight this every day, every day. So this is this is this is my Madden. I'm sorry, Chick Train. You tried to jump in, didn't you, brother? I'm sorry if I didn't let you get in there. No, I was just going to say, um, K-Star is is right, and you alluded to it. Uh, yeah, there are uh, there are things that are in place today to help, um, but how can I say the counterpart gets smarter? You know, it's no different than than me being in the position that I am in my job. I'm in the door. I work for a really good company, but trust and believe, um, there is favoritism based on your skin color. There's favoritism on how you're treated and how you're used. You have to prove yourself almost twice as hard than, than, than your counterpart. It's there. So it's not as equivalent as you would think it to be just because they put rules and just because they put laws and things in place. That's like the outer shell. 
that's like the truly outside looking in. Once you're in, then you really see what's going on. This is how it is, yep. man. I, I, I would tell you yep. this if I, if I didn't know this. It's, it's good that you know what you know. It's good that you, you're like a John Brown millennial. <laughs> it's great, but at the same time, unless you are black, you, there are certain things that you will not experience and you will not know because it just won't happen to you. Yeah, and, and just the last thing I'll say is, you know, when when you make change in something, and if you want the change to be done, I mean, I think one of the things that I did very well back when I was doing the Madden Voice for the Madden Nation for the Madden World, and and this was back, I mean, things in Madden have changed dramatically since then, but K-Star will tell anyone back in the day, you know, the Madden, the Madden EA Sports did what they did with no input from the gamers and would not release any information on the changes to the game. And I think one of the things that, you know, people like myself and people like, you know, some of the tournament directors and some of the top ballers did is, you know, I had a forum with this show where EA Sports came on. Now it's not that big of a deal. Everyone talks to EA Sports. Everyone works with EA Sports. It's a totally different world. But seven, eight, nine years ago, it wasn't that case. And so I had a forum where a guy like Phil Fraser back then, who was the head designer, heard about the show, heard about the community, came on to my show. And it was like one of the highest rating shows we had done back then because he answered questions as much as he could I I while was coming up with – you were on that show. And yeah. he, he answered questions. And what we did was we told them, you know, hey, I am I – am, Commissioner T, I am the, and he even said, you are the power user. I had 10 leagues running at the time. Train was part of that. 10 leagues running. So yeah. when they wanted to get feedback on leagues, they talked to me. And back when, um, I can't remember, uh, I can see his name. His name is Van, his real name, but I can't remember his, his Madden name. But, um, you know, uh, uh, Van, RG that, that and Van, name? is that his name? Yeah, I think it, I think it was Van Zach Neal. I believe he was a EA. No, 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 Van. No, 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 no. You know who I'm talking about, man. I gotta, I, I gotta find his name. Um, let me see if I have him on Facebook. I don't know if I have him on Facebook. Um, is this him? Um, yeah, this is him, Van. Van Martin Berardino, but I can't remember what his Madden name was. Oh, that was Prodigy. Prodigy, thank you, Prodigy. Um, You know, this was back when all of these guys started going to EA Sports and started interacting and making suggestions on the game. But before that era, that didn't happen. My point is, if you want to improve something, go to the people that know. And we were saying, how are you going to, how you know, you guys, you guys aren't listening to the right people. You're talking to the people that are sitting at home on the couch playing the game casually. You're not talking to the guys that live, eat, drink, and sleep this game. Their response was, well, with all due respect, they're the ones buying the game. They outnumber you. And our response was, with all due respect, we're going to make the game better, and more people will buy the game. It turned out to be the case. My point is, I'm getting off my main point. My main point is, 
if you want to know something, you go to the group that 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 is in the know. And one of the problems in this country is you make policies that affect people. You don't talk to the people that affect it. When we were making policies to help get out of the foreclosure crisis, I was very involved with the U.S. government on that. Chris Shays and Chris Murphy and these guys. Shays is now retired. Murphy's now a senator. I was at the forefront with them in my job as a banker saying, here's the problem, guys. Here's how we're going to make this better in the future so we don't have this crisis again. I wasn't going to wealthy people that had all the money in the bank. I was dealing with people on the front lines that were in foreclosure. How did you get in the foreclosure? What happened? What got you here? And if you could do it over again, what would you do differently? And I was taking that information to the government saying, okay, guys, here's from the – not me. This ain't my opinion. This is the people that it affects. This is what you need to do with African – You know, if you want to have policies that help African-Americans or help immigrants or help women, you've got to talk to these people. And that's where this country – um, is is weak, very weak at. So anyway, I'm going. You just admitted that there. they did that. You just admitted that they did that, though. So I mean, that's a positive sign, right? Like, who says that they would have done that 15 years ago, right? Well, yeah, they, it, but it took a crisis for them to do it. It took it took an implosion of epic proportions for them to do it. And we were talking this stuff back in 2004. We were saying, hey guys, oh hey ho. Oh. We're heading down a slippery slope here if this keeps up. Ah, we're making a lot of money. The economy's great. All right, 2005. Hey, ho. I'm trying to tell you all, man. We're sitting by a slippery slope. People with 520 credit scores getting mortgages with no money out of their pocket. This ain't going to last. And we're making a lot of money. You know, 2006. Hey, we're making a lot of money. 2007. Oh, shit. What the hell just happened? Then they came and said, okay, how do we fix it? Hey, okay, I'll help you. But if you had listened four years ago, I could have really helped yep. you. So, so my my point is, if you want to learn something, talk to the people. And okay, Star, I think you like I said, you're a smart dude, and I and I, I respect your viewpoints. I don't agree with a lot of the shit you say, but I respect your your uh, uh, you know ability to have those positions. But when you get into talking about African American issues, do yourself a favor, listen to African American. <laughs> Trust me. You, you have access to plenty of them. And I ain't talking about the 25-year-old Madden guy. Ah, they don't, they, like Stephen A. Smith, they wet behind the ear, smell like, breast smell like, smell like. I ain't talking about them. I'm talking about older people that have been around. It ain't got to be me. It ain't got to be me. But I'm talking about older people that have been around a little bit that can say, hey, let me explain to you, you know, what's going on here so that you have a better understanding. That's all I'm saying. Um, I want to thank LeBron James for coming out. And putting that tweet out there about that company and that shirt, um, you know, it's, it's it's sickening that so many people had nerve to say, I don't understand what the problem is. It's not that big of a deal. It's sickening to me. It, 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 H&M, you know, right? it, yeah. What's that? Is it H&M, the it company? Like you didn't see the tweet? You didn't see the – man, Train, you, you know, see what happens when you get the Ph.D., man? See what happens? Dude gets PhD, making all that it money. He just, just his own stay off Twitter, stay off Facebook. PhD, dog. Trust me, it that's ain't the PhD. Uh, I just, it, I'm in the, I'm in an area where I'm not exposed to the outside, bro. That's just all that is. That's a good not, thing. <laughs> I bet you're way more productive. I bet you're way more productive than we are because of it. That's a, <laughs> he got the PhD. He making all that deep bank. That's what it is. I ain't mad at you, bro. Go ahead, hey. make that money, bro. Make that money, bro. I ain't got mad at you, man. But, but it's hey, not like hey, it was a shirt hey. made by somebody that. Yeah, coolest, give the cool, uh, background story then. Coolest, 
coolest monkey in the jungle on a, on a little sweatshirt worn by a black kid about five, six years old, uh, H&M, you know, like a Macy's type store. And that was the ad. Yeah, I know. Green sweatshirt. Yeah. Yeah. And the coolest monkey in the jungle. And the little black kid was wearing it. And it blew up on Twitter over the last 24 hours because for obvious reasons. And, um, and, and I commend some of the, you know, the weekend, they cut their ties the store. LeBron James tweeted an edited picture. So did Snoop Dogg with like a, a king, like a king's hat. This is, this is who we really are. It's just, it's just, again, you know, you get so many people like, I don't see what the big deal is. You know, well, you wouldn't. You, you wouldn't because you don't want to see what the big deal is. You know, it's just, and it's the country we live in. And it's where, you, where your policies case start fall short. Because anyone who, you know, and I heard people, and I thought you were going there, K-Star, but people was like, well, well, if the parents said it was okay, then it, no, no, it's not okay. I don't care what the damn parents thought. or I, It's irrelevant. This, there, was a, there was a company with a marketing department, and someone in the marketing department, or many people in the marketing department, having, having worked in marketing in large companies before, I know how many layers these things have to go through. And not one person, not one person looked at this ad and said, hey, hold up, man. Someone's going. Someone well, ain't going to like this. You are sure y'all want to go this route? Yeah, that was the position I took because I was like, how does a marketing um, person not at least bring this into question? I mean, because shit. I mean, you, <laughs> yeah, look at it from a business perspective. Like, if you're people, for one, people might find that offensive, but two, I mean, like, think about all the people you're possibly alienating with even taking that risk. Even people, even if say sixty percent don't see it that way, but forty percent does. That's huge. That's 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 you only open up your, yourself to 60% of the market. Like, that's just stupid. And I'm, I'm shocked that they didn't have someone catch that because it seems so obvious. And that's my problem is it's something that should be obvious. So why wasn't it obvious? Why wasn't it obvious? Think about that. In, in today's world, in K-Star's policies and raws and regulations and all these things that are leveling the playing field, and not one person thought, hey, man, we may want to hold off on this one. <laughs> we may not want to let this one go. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Almost like the um, ESPN gap. But, but the good thing is the market will take care of it. I'm sure their sales will diminish greatly, and they're going to feel the effects of this for quite a while. I hope so. I do. I hope so. so you got LeBron but it still doesn't hurt them. It still doesn't hurt. It doesn't. For me, my question is how? I still ask that question. How does that get to print? <laughs> how? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. get it. Bad. All right, all right. Let's get on some football. Uh, you know, let's start with last night. I, I mean, we got to touch on last night, man. Rosie. Oh, man. <laughs> JB, where you at, man? You ain't have much to say, bro. You there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm just sitting here listening because I'm just completely disgusted by the whole H&M thing, and I'm disgusted about the politics and the policies that we have and the fact that we still have to have things like a Rooney Rule in place we we won't really feel like we've victorious or we, and I don't even want to use the word victorious because maybe that's not its proper wording, but we won't have an equal say in what goes on until some of these rules are taken off the books. And unfortunately, we still have to have them just to give us a shot, not to actually have a level playing field, but to give us a shot to have a level playing field. Add to that, and I think, um, K, or not K-Star, uh, Dr. Tran, you hit on it. A lot of the stuff is in place, but you can counterpunch it. There's loopholes everywhere. 
and the folks that make up these rules, they're not all African-American. A lot of these folks are white. And I'm sorry to tell you, but a lot of these folks do have hidden agendas. And I'm, I'm just sickened by the fact that it's 2018. We're still having to have this discussion today. Um, the whole Winfrey thing, I think, is preposterous also. I listened to the speech. I thought it was fantastic. I don't know about you, but it gave me like chills up my spine because uh, you, you, you felt motivated, you felt impassioned, you felt empowered. And that's really all we want is a level playing field, to be able to have that same feeling as the next person, regardless of their race, religion, creed, color, anything like that. So and the whole going back to H&M specifically, I've been called that, okay, growing up. I've been called that and worse. So for someone to say, oh, I don't see what the big deal is, find something that's disgusting, humiliating, and be called that, and let me say how you feel about it when it hits you directly between the eyes. That's all I got to say. You know, Jay, well said. I, I add one thing. I want to add one thing. Um, and, you know, I, I'm, as you all all know, I ain't concerned with being politically correct or popular. I could care less. But I just wonder, and we'll never know because it's not the case, but I just wonder if, um, oh, I don't know, pick a uh, – what's that lady's name? She's in, she's in the movie uh, The Post coming out, um, and she was in Devils Were Prada. Um, the hell's her name? Big, big actress. Meryl Streep. God damn it. Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep. Thank you very much. Yeah. If Meryl Streep gets up there and does that speech, how does it go over? I wonder. She gets crushed. I wonder. She would get crushed. She would get crushed. I'm telling you, she would get crushed. Based off the, I, I, the I, I, Harvey Weinstein as God comments and all that other crap, she's the worst. Yeah, yeah, I, I get it. I get all that, and I know she's been given a bit of a hard time. But I have a hard time yeah. buying that she would get crushed like Oprah's being crushed because Oprah's black and successful. See, and that and that's something that and and you know I don't I don't this is where this is where some white people say we played a race card. I say we play no goddamn race card. We play a reality. The reality is is that sometimes people see because see Oprah never said. And nothing in that speech said I'm running for president. That speech was really focused on equality and really focused in on domestic violence and the Me Too movement. Okay? And yet everybody ran away saying she's running for president, she's running for president, she's running for president. And that got a slew. I had to unfollow so many people, a couple people that I consider friends. I had to unfollow because I didn't want to unfriend them because I do consider them a friend. But I had to unfollow them because of some of the nasty stuff they were saying about Oprah. And not about her politics, which I don't know anything about her politics. I made one comment on someone's page about Oprah's presidency. Some, some girl put, if Oprah ran for president, would you vote for her? I said, if she wins the Democratic nomination and were to run against Trump in a reelection, yes. Now, that's a fair statement because I don't know who else is going to run. So I can't sit here right now today and say I would vote for Oprah because I don't know who she'd be running against. Because I have no clue what her politics are. You know why? Because she hasn't expressed any interest in running. Yet the world ran with it because she made a presidential-type speech. And let me tell you why the you world get, ran with it. Because we have a president who doesn't make presidential-like speeches. So when you get it no. and you get that leadership, the world says, hold up. The people that are missing it say, I want it. And the people that are threatened by it say, get rid of it. And that's what we're seeing. It's either I'm threatened by it because, oh, shit, she's pretty good. Donald, look over your shoulder. 
or it's, I've been missing that, we need that. And that's the reaction we get. And that's what pisses me the hell off. Well, freaking NBC had a tweet that said our our next president. I mean, so there was yeah, there was a push by many media outlets to to for well, a reason push that out there, even though she never said that herself. Yeah, yeah. So so so, and here's the thing, and and got to remember this. So it's a Twitter account that's managed by a marketing department that one or two people control, and Twitter, for the most part, once you tweet it, it's not untweetable. It's out there. So. Yes, they did it representing the whole network, but it's a couple people that capitalized on something that was very popular to gain popularity. You got you to you keep these things in context, okay? She hasn't expressed any interest. She's been asked. Gail King, who actually is from Connecticut, I actually met Gail King several times before she got uh, – when she used to be on Channel 3 News here in Hartford. Jay will remember. I used to run in her West Hartford all the time, and – and she's a nice person, you know, before she, became, before she became known to the world as Oprah's best friend. She was just Gail King to us. And she came out and said, Oprah ain't running. And trust me, if anybody would know, she would know. She'd say, Oprah ain't running. I don't think we're going to run either. I don't think Oprah's going to want to be bothered with, you know, she don't need to run. She got more money than she could ever spend. She's, she don't need all that hassle. She don't. But the point is, she never said it, and people ran with it. And I know why they ran with it. And K-Star, I know you, you, you know you're kind of a Trump supporter. That's your right. But you also have to be a realist about who this man is, and, and, and you know, his approval ratings are still, after a year in office, lowest in history. There's a reason for that. And, and hopefully, because he is our president, I hope he wakes up one of these days. I hope. But I, I'm not optimistic about that. Just got to take a Twitter account away, and it'll fix it all. <laughs> for real. Well, that's well. That would that would that would be a large step in the right direction. I think it's more than that, but it, that definitely would be a lot. That would be a a, a big help. I, I gotta admit, I just I I I love the fact that you know a month ago Bannon you know was God, and now Steve Bannon comes out with this book, and now he's persona non grata. Wait a minute, that was your boy. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's been your boy for the last year. Even when you even when you removed him from the White House, you said you said you still respected him. Blah blah blah. Now he comes up with this book. Now all of a sudden he's he's persona non grata. Now all the people that were Breitbart lovers and Bannon supporters now Bannon's full of shit. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I thought he was. I thought I thought that was the man. He had to step down. Now he's full he actually had to step down from uh, Breitbart too. Yeah, today. I, yeah. Because you know why? Because he's gonna capitalize on that damn book. <laughs> That's why he's gonna capitalize. That book sold out fast. One of the fastest selling books in history. <laughs> that dude, he gonna capitalize on that book. He, I, I gotta admit, he has some, to. He has some to have in, some royalties attached to it. What's that? I'm sure he has to have some kind of royalties associated with that book. Like, there's no way that he doesn't do something from that. Oh yeah, he ain't done. He ain't done. Stay tuned. All right, I'm sorry, guys. We spent 40 minutes on politics. Now let's get into some football. Uh, JB, let's make one comment, and then I want to, you know, I know if you guys didn't see the game. You certainly saw the highlights, but I get the sense that everybody at least saw part of the game. I just want to make one comment. Real time. Get you guys thoughts on the game last night. Listen, <laughs> we have an expression where I come from where it says, when you have big balls, you could take them balls and put them on the table and give somebody a hammer and say, I dare you. That's what Nick Saban did last night. I, 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 I got to tell you, I have not seen a move. I mean, I remember Bill Parcells. Back in 2006, benched Drew Brees, I'm sorry, Drew Bledsoe at halftime. 
Now, remember, Drew Bledsoe was his New England quarterback that took him to the Super Bowl. Benched him at halftime, brought in a, I think Tony Romo was an undrafted free agent. Um, yep. At halftime, made him the quarterback, quarterback for the rest of the year and went to the playoffs with him. And I thought that was a ballsy move because who the fuck knew who Tony Romo was? Who's Tony Romo? Now he's a household name. But 11, 12 years ago, no one knew who the hell Tony Romo was. Sat on the bench behind Bledsoe, behind Vinny Testaverde. You know, no one knew who he was. Nobody knew who he was. I didn't even know who he was. Yo, that, that move is nothing because that was a regular season compared to what Saban did last night. Okay. JB, your yeah. thoughts on the game, bro? Well, I was able to listen to the first, or not listen, but watch it through the phone because your niece had a hard time going to sleep and wouldn't let me leave. So I was able to watch the second half. But I was still able to follow along. Man, what a game. And, and let me let me say this before we get into the game specifically. Uh, you know I watch a lot of college football. And, and not as yes, much you. as I want to, but I'm still able to watch quite I, a bit. I prefer to you on college football front, absolutely. Yeah. And for the past several years, everybody says SEC has been the dominant conference. This year, they weren't as strong, quote-unquote, as they normally would. And I think even last year, compared to prior years, there was a lot of flack for the fact that Alabama got in, a lot of flack for having two SEC teams in instead of having a more well-rounded, having representatives from basically minus one, but all power five. And, And let me just say this. The SEC is the conference, and it's not because I'm here in the in the SEC country. I'm saying it just from purely an analytical perspective, a football fan, one that watches football. This is the conference, okay? They're deep on the east side. They're deep on the west side. There's no week you can take off. And you can't say the same thing for every single conference out there, year in and year out. Pac-12 will have their moments. Big 12 will have their moments. Big 10 will have their moments. ACC would have the moments. But SEC, year after year, always seems to have the cream of the crop. And now you have, for the first time in this era of playoffs, and I think even for the first time going back to the BCS, two teams from the same conference in the championship. And it lived up to the hype and then some. So it just substantiates the claim that when you're looking at, in this particular case, the, the top four teams, you really need to have the top four teams in the country playing for the national championship. So we touched on it a little bit last week, and I had said before, Alabama deserved to be at number four, even though they didn't win the SEC. Georgia had the extra game because they made it to SEC championship. You had Clemson and you had um, Oklahoma, all deserving. But this is why SEC is, is so dominant. You look at that game, and as Jim Ross would say, it was a slobber knocker. Because you've got Georgia up, looks like they're dominant, and and T, I don't think anybody could see that coming. Unless you're on the field or in the know, you weren't going to see that switch take place. But this is why I think Saban needs to be recognized as one of the best coaches, regardless of sport. Put him up there with the Gino Oriemas. Put him up there with the Phil Jacksons. And he is up there because only Nick Saban could make such a gamble and have it pay off. To be able to come back from a 27 deficit, offense not going anywhere, Georgia's defense was stifling. They couldn't get the, the running game going, had to make a change, and they go to the quarterback that has the better arm of the two, and look what happened. That last play for the touchdown, 
and we were talking about it on Facebook. I saw that that over and over, and to be a freshman, true freshman, and be able to make that throw, move that safety off of that hash to his left to open up just a big enough window and and hit him in a perfect stride for a touchdown. Amazing to have. I think it was eighteen freshmen on the field contributing in a championship game. Phenomenal. And it speaks to not just Alabama, it speaks to Georgia also. Because from, it, to me, it seemed like the, uh, I can't pronounce the Alabama's quarterback, but it seemed like he packaged Fromm's entire season into one half because that's basically what he did. Because Jake Fromm has been pretty much lights out ever since he took the reins over uh, as a starting quarterback. And he, too, is a true freshman. So these two teams are going to be going neck and neck for, for quite some time. They don't, they don't rebuild, they reload. And you can see it with all these freshmen contributing. I thought it was a fantastic game, and hopefully the ratings, whenever they come out, if they haven't come out already, hopefully the ratings will show it. Great game, though. Okay. Uh, Train, you been back to saying roadside comments on the game? <laughs> man, it was just an exciting game to watch, man. And I'm not so much as a diehard Alabama fan, but when Alabama wins the national championship, you got one whole day to walk around all day and say road tide and trust me. I done ran into the ground. <laughs> as I'm still saying, road tide. It's, it's the coolest <laughs> phrase in all of college football, and when they win, you have no other choice but to walk around and say that all day. And I say it like I'm green, folks. Road tide? Road tide. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. Um, Shannon Sharp has really grown on me. On today's um, uh, Undisputed, when they when they zoomed in and started the show, he had a box of Tide and a roll of toilet paper sitting there on the. <laughs> <laughs> Shannon's awesome. Man, I, I they showed that I fell out. I, I was done. I was done at that moment. I was done. You know what I'm saying? Man, he, he, he grown, boy, boy, man, boy. He's grown on me, man. I'm trying to tell you, man. I want I want a fantasy debate. I want Shannon Sharp. I want Stephen A. I want Chris Carter and Commissioner T. I want to force some. I teach those guys a thing or two. Cause, um, I think I'm older than all of them. I don't know. Chris Carter may have me by a couple of years. The rest of the other guys, I'm I'm older than Sharp. I'm older than, than Stephen A. Chris Carter may have me by a couple of years. I gotta look it up and see. But I will teach them all a thing or two. But anyway, I digress. Um. Uh, K-Star, any thoughts on the game last night? Yeah, Nick Saban's the man for that halftime quarterback switch. It can't be stated enough to this point. It's almost understated um, just because, like, how much of a risk, risk that is. Like, you know, again, it's one thing. I, as a Steelers fan, I remember watching um, one of the biggest things, and I was, I was there live for this game, was I believe in 2002, week two, uh, Cordell Stewart, uh, he, he came off a really good year in 2001, but he was playing exceptionally poor the first couple of games, and we were in danger of losing to Cleveland. And Bill Cower, at the time, ended up benching Cordell Stewart and putting in Tommy Maddox, who had went on to have a really good year uh, for the Steelers, and it was the right move at the time. And what I thought, and still do, um, on the professional level, took a lot of courage and balls, right? But Nick Saban, like you said, threw them big things on the table like grapefruit and said, what's up? And that kid, like, what's awesome is that kid reacted in such a terrific way, and his football IQ was through the charts. Really impressed with him uh, in the postgame interview. And that throw, I swear, that ball had to have whistled in that touchdown uh, in overtime. That ball was just a strike. And 
that, that corner, by the way, he really did a poor job playing that cover two. At first I thought maybe they, like, blitzed the corner because I was so confused on how he got so open, but apparently he was playing cover two, just did not get the jam at all. And, man, um, it was a great game. Yeah, well, you're expecting to jump over the top. That's why he's not pressing. He's more looking well, at he's making sure he's protecting what's underneath, thinking he's going to have safety help. What he didn't realize is that he had been the safety had been looked off to his left, and then he went right back to his right, and that's what caused that window to open up. Now, mind you, you know, now, mind you guys, it, there was a, a freshman. There was a, okay. This was a freshman. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just, exactly. This, this age, as, as they said all night, true, you know, like, 19-year-old right. freshman. Yeah. Unreal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing about that play is they did have another man crossing over the middle of the field. So he was looking to safety off, and at the same time, the safety is uh, looking in that direction because there's a, there's a guy doing a deep cross across the middle. Yep. Just long enough to hold him. And I, I, I want to say the one thing I loved, I will say the one thing that I loved, the last thing I loved, had nothing to do with the game. It was at the end. It wasn't even Say a post interview. I don't know if you stayed up and watched enough of it, but all of a sudden, the little quarterback took off running. He had, he had yep. did like two interviews. He took off running. I'm like, where the hell is he going? Say and it. ran all the way to the corner straight to his family. I mean, it was yep. the greatest moment for me through that whole thing. And the the time that he took on hug on hugging his father, man, I was like, look, I gotta cut it off. I don't feel like crying tonight. I gotta. I go to work in the morning. Stop. Yeah, it, you know it was it was beautiful. I love it. You. I, I'm with you. I love that moment. Out of all the moments I saw that night, I love that one. That that one right there made me think about our dad and and the reaction that he would have. He'd done the same thing, same thing. And and I'm with you 110. percent It was great to hear well, Jalen Hurts give him all the credit, but seeing that that was cool. That that was the, the moment see. right there. See, and, and CJ, you're going where I'm going. That was great, but I think the fact that, I mean, I felt, because I could, I could see if me and my brother was playing college football, you know, I would have been a guy coming off the bench replacing him, right? And so, um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. So, um, <laughs> so you know, I was just, I'm just saying. But I, 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 what I liked was, the guy who got benched, the starting quarterback, 25-2, and two, you know, all types of accolades. I don't know him like Jay would know him, but, you know, this this guy, you know, does, isn't the passer clearly. That's why, that's why he got benched. That, to me, yes, the, the other thing that you mentioned, Train, was great, and I, and I feel that as well. But can you imagine how that feels? And to stand there yeah. and and he just seemed legitimately like – like he's like, hey man, he went out. There. What'd you tell him to do? I told him the to ball. Like, like how many? These are young men. We don't get pro athletes. We got rumors that Tom Brady didn't want to work with Jimmy G and all. You know, all these professional athletes. <laughs> and I believe it too, one hundred percent. On the biggest stage in his life, gets benched at halftime. So every, I'm talking about the girl that he was going to bang when he got done. And I was saying, I ain't banging you now, bro. You got put on the bench. Nah, that's all right. You know what I'm saying? And he stood up there nah, like a man. He, yeah, he did get some ass. But he stood up there like a man. <laughs> <laughs> in the past, in the past, not stand.
stand up and take that kind of heat. This dude stood there like a grown man and was sincere. And he said, well, what did you tell him? What did you tell him? We saw you. I said, I told him the ball. And he went out there and That's did awesome. his thing. For him, and I'm happy for the team. And he meant it. It wasn't like he's saying the right thing because he's a, you know, he knows he's on TV and he got to. No, he meant it. Dude, I got to be honest. I don't know if I could have been that gracious under those circumstances. I don't know. Maybe I would have rose to the occasion. Maybe I would have. The competitor in me, I know I would have been mad mism fism had I had to be benched at yeah. halftime in the national championship game after being a two-year starter and going 25-2 and two and you bench me and then this guy comes and actually wins? It's not like, you know, because you know a little party be like, oh, yeah, okay, go ahead, put him in there. Watch him implode. Nah, this dude was like, okay, go do your thing, man. You know what you could do. Win this game. Dude, man, that's a level of character that few people in the world can ascribe to. This 20-year-old has it, man. God bless him. God bless how he was God, raised. A lot of families. Yeah. Man. I, I, know, I was going to say a lot of credit to his parents and obviously to Saban. He's doing something right with those kids. Yeah. Yeah, man. You know, and the other thing I'll say, and then we really got to get on to some pro football. Um, Jay, I respect, I will always defer to you with college football, but I will say I'm not there to name Saban the, like, best coach over everything. I'll go college football hands down. It's not even a discussion anymore. But when you got coaches like Pete Carroll and Jimmy Johnson that have won in the colleges and in the pros, it's kind of hard for me to get. And Saban did come up into the pros and failed miserably. And I'm not saying he would fail now. Don't know. I tend to think he would probably do pretty well now if he came in at NFL. That's just my opinion. But the fact remains is he hasn't done it. So I, I'm not there yet. Maybe if, if he comes back and wins a couple more, then maybe maybe then that, that gets rid of all that. Maybe it's like, okay, fine. You know, it's like it's like the LeBron James, Michael Jordan thing. It's like LeBron went 6-0. and But, I mean, Michael went 6-0. and LeBron's 3-5. and But LeBron's been there eight eight years, I think seven straight years. And if LeBron goes three, you know, two or three more years and, and it actually gets to the finals like 10 times and wins six or goes 11 and wins, you know, then you, at some point you got to say, well, damn, damn. Okay. Maybe he is the greatest ever. I, I don't know yet, bro. I, I, I'm not, I'm just giving my opinion. I'm not saying you're wrong or right. I'm just saying he hasn't done it in the NFL. So I'm, I'm hesitant on saying the best coach period, but for college football. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, man. And, and if Alice ever him in, I'd be like, yeah, bring him in. Yeah, go ahead. Hire Jason. Hire him right now. Good. Bye, Jason. Got to go. Not Jason Boyd. Jason Garrett. Got to go. Bye. <laughs> anyway. All right. <sighs> Let's talk some pro football. Um, so, you know, we all saw the games. Um, you know, I, I, I do want to give credit where credit is due. Um, you know, that Carolina – New Orleans game was a great game. Um, and you know what? Cam Newton balled, man. Cam Newton balled. You know, I, I, can't, I can't sit here. I actually tweeted um, that he would collapse in the second half, and he did not. I was wrong. I've seen it before, but he didn't do that, man. He balled. If he had receivers that could actually catch the ball, they might have won that game. Oh. Um, but, yeah. but say this, and then I'll get K-Star's comments because I know that's your boy. Um, I got to give him credit, man. His post-game interview was exactly what I've been waiting for. That's that's what I have been waiting for. Yeah, you're disappointed that you lost. But you know what? He stood up there like a man. He didn't make any excuses. He said that, but he did say, you know, I think some of my teammates were just happy to be here. You know, and, you know, we got we to gotta learn and we got to – I mean, he said that's the face 
that's a guy who's ready to become the face of the, of the league. Okay, that's the guy I've been waiting for. I don't know what the hell took him so long, but that's the guy I've been waiting for, not the other guy who sits with the hoodie on and, and, and you know, and, and you know I, I don't know who that guy is. Don't like him. But that guy, if he stays like that, I'll take back every – well, I won't take it back because when I said it, it was accurate. But if he stays like that, notice, balled out. And then he went and did a good post-game interview. When your head is on right, your head is on right. You can't, you know, it's not something that you could leave on the counter and say, okay, now I'm going to go get it. I'm going to put it on right. Okay, I don't want it. Now I'm going to. No, if it's on right, it's on right. His head was on right. He played well. He led that team. He fought and kept fighting and wouldn't give up. And then he gave the exact type of post game press conference a superstar leader gives. Exactly what I want to see from a leader in NFL. Kudos to Cam Newton. I have nothing. I have nothing. I'm, you know, hey, I picked the Saints and they won, but I got nothing bad to say about you this week, Brian Law. Nothing. K Star, your thoughts on the uh, Saints uh, Panthers game? It was terrific. It was a great game. I felt that Cam really played a, a spectacular game. Um, it's unfortunate that he had the drops that he had that includes early touchdowns early in the game where he was right in the money delivering some really impressive stick throws. He, he clearly, Cam. Uh, his game went up a notch. Like, you know, if you saw his game from, I think, week 17 against Atlanta versus this, so much different. He just he was really accurate, and he really took his game to another level. Uh, I thought they were going to win. I was really rooting for him. I really wish Funchess uh, on that deep ball at the end of the game before the sack had just pivoted over just a couple of inches. It seemed like if he just put a slightly more effort. I know he was banged up, but just slightly more effort, he could have caught that ball. It was really good throw. Um, and, you know, I think with Cam – it's one of those things where it's a maturation process, you know. It, he, listen, I mean, he's a younger guy, or he's been a he's been a young player in the NFL who's just been immediately successful uh, in in college and football. And sometimes it takes guys a little longer to mature. And I think that as Cam gets older, he's just going to get better. Um, I don't see his, you know, we worry about his body and the pounding he takes, but the man just keeps on trucking. If he keeps playing as well as he did in terms of from the pocket with the ball placement, he is a top five player when he's playing at that level. I mean, we've seen him win MVP before. Something that's some outlandish statement. But, um, yeah, great game. Him and Breeze were a treat to watch. Sad that they lost. Uh, but I think that Carolina sees the need that they have to address in the offseason, and clearly that's the wide receiver position. Jay, I'm going to ask you a different question, Jay. Um, and there's a little, a little small rumblings about Des Bryant in Carolina, little rumblings I'm hearing. My sources, okay. I hope that's not Ooh. the case. I hope I hope they keep him in Dallas. Um, but one, your thoughts on, you know, from a Dallas perspective, w- without necessarily knowing what we would get, let's assume it would be worth it. Um, but would would that be a move you would make? And if so. Do you think Cam would be the type of quarterback that could, could click with Dez and help revive and resurrect his career? Because clearly, Cam needs some receivers. There's no doubt about it. Clearly. Hmm. Well, let's hope not. Um, I, I've said it before. I think I think Dez's best years behind him does not mean that he is not going to be productive. And I think I, I, I go back again to what I've always said. you got to be on the same page. And if Dez is going to be on the same kind of page 
uh, with Cam as he is with that, they're going to experience a lot of frustration. Uh, so if, if they were able to get on the same page, that would be a dynamic duo because everybody's going to be looking to stop Cam from running, and then you've got a big target with Dez. That could be crucial. Um, I wouldn't want to see that. I wouldn't want to see that in, in Carolina just because that's that's too close to home. That's that's the NFC. <laughs> Ship him off to the AFC to get him out of the conference altogether. Um, but my thoughts on it, I hope it doesn't happen. It would be a, a good pickup, but I just hope it doesn't happen. Okay. I, I'll put it to you this way. If if that were to happen, Dez catches 100 balls next year. That's my prediction. So I hope it doesn't happen. Dez catches 100 balls next year. Um, all right. Um, different question for Dr. Train. Different, different, uh, hold on, man. I lost my damn, god damn it. My little cheat sheet here. My little cheat sheet here. Um, I forgot about the train. I, I, I lost my question for you. Okay, never mind. Um, so I don't have a different question. You have any thoughts? <laughs> so, so thoughts on the game, the Saints and the Panthers game, Trey? Um, no, not really. Not, nothing, nothing. You guys haven't already said. Um, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, I was glad to see Carolina fight back. Uh, and that was a, that was a fun game to watch all the way, all the way towards the end. So, nothing really for you guys to add. Um. I will just say, T, you know, sometimes you put out that phrase, omniscient one, and I just be like, whatever. To be the person to call the Tennessee upset is annoying. Just that you know, <laughs> as I'm watching the game, like, no, 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 don't, no, don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do, don't let us, no, no, don't. Come on, Kansas City. Now we got to go on the show and listen to T just be like, yeah. I and I almost had the Bills Jags too. Back up. Almost had that one too. You know, I, I I I looked at the sheet and I had myself down for the Jags, but I think I said if Shady Shade plays, I'm going with the Bills. And then I heard Shady no, you, playing, you actually, so I went. Yeah, you no, you chose Jags all the way. You said even if I did show, okay. you said even if Shady, yeah, you say even if Shady plays. It may not. It may not still be enough. I I remember these words coming yeah, from. Okay. They say, Even if Shady plays, it may not still okay. be enough. So I'm just gonna go well, with Jack with Jacksonville. Well, no, I, I changed. Well, no, actually, I was that would have made me three and one because I missed. Um, uh, what did I miss? Hold on, I missed. I went with the uh, Rams. Oh, you went with the Rams? The yeah, I went with the Rams. I didn't pick. Oh, the oh yeah, I tried to oh. tell you not to do that. Yeah. So, but I switch. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna. I'm gonna own up to the fact that just before the game, when I heard Shady was playing, I had something in my heart said go with the Bills. So I posted on Facebook that I'm going with the Bills. So I'll take the loss with the Bills because I really thought um, that the Shady factor, along with the Blake Bortles factor, might be enough for Buffalo to win, and I was almost right, and it should have been enough for them to win. Bortles is terrible, but they couldn't keep him from running. They kept him from running, they win the game. Um, so Can I ended I up pause real quick just to say that you both had extraordinary character. That was brilliant, guys. That was, that was something that needs to echo throughout the world, because what we just saw was Train try to give uh, T a win, you know, and he didn't have to do that. He was trying to, you know, just be humble and be truthful about the scenario. But then he 
who equally as honorable and truthful is like, well, sure, I said that, but you know what? I did publicly post that I, I'm going for Buffalo, so I will not take that win. And I just want to say, high mark security for, for you both. Not even kidding. That was beautiful. Well, thank you. And, you know, um, (laughs) uh, yeah, well, well, I got something for y'all. Bruh. (laughs) Bruh. Yeah, that's right. I got it now, motherfuckers. (laughs) Bruh. Oh, 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 you want, you want something different? Check this one out. Game over. <laughs> oh. Hit that one more time. Hold on, hold on. Game over. <laughs> That's so good. I used to um, play that every time you shut shut K Star up. That should be the, that should be the last thing you play. Shit, I would I would but, play it too. I I would be so abusive with that. Well, um, <laughs> well, thank you for the compliment, and you know I've always said. At the end of the day, oh, I got to tell you. I'm being serious, too. by the I, way. Seriously. <laughs> no, I know you are. Me. At the end of the day, my football integrity means everything. But I got, I got to tell y'all a, a story about a Philly, an Eagles fan. So I'm out. Now, JB, you know the place, Maryland's Bristol, Major Motion, Saturday night. Okay, Jay's been there with yes, me sir. several times, and and it was minus 20 degrees wind chill, but everybody came out Saturday night, and it was a party. I was having a good ass time. But anyway, um, so this guy, brother, sees me. I got on a cowboy sweatshirt, because I'm wearing sweats because it's cold. And he's like, oh, man, Cowboys fan. I said, what are you? He goes, I'm a Redskins fan. I'm sorry, I said Eagles. I meant Redskins fan. So I asked the guy. I said, hey, man, what y'all going to do about your quarterback? And he's like, well, you know, maybe you guys should win a playoff game. I'm like, no, dude, I'm not, I'm not coming at you. I'm, I'm being serious. Like, that's your team, and y'all keep franchise tagging Kirk Cousins. Like, y'all going to sign him to a long deal? Like, it's your team. I'm trying to, you know, what do you know? What they going to do? He was like, what do you care, man? You know, your quarterback didn't play that well this year. No matter what I said to him, he wanted to argue. I wasn't trying to argue. Like, I was being dead up. Like, I was ready to talk football, you know, just for a couple minutes, you know. And – He's like, he's like, well, you know, anybody whose team hasn't won a playoff game in 22 years shouldn't talk. I said, all right, bro. I said, you're going to make me do this to you. And I really, I, that's not what I'm trying to do, but I guess I got to embarrass you. Um, we actually won a playoff game in 2014 um, against Detroit. He goes, no, you didn't. I said, dude, I said, I was trying to be nice. Okay. Now I'm going to embarrass you. Oh, not really. I'm like, oh, okay. So you, you, you don't have any money, but you want to run your mouth. I said, I will bet you your next paycheck, although I'll probably never see you again, that the Cowboys won a playoff game against Detroit. Then they went to Green Bay and they lost. Remember the Des Bryant play? He goes, hey, that was a wild card round. I said, no, it wasn't. It was a divisional round. I said, you got a cell phone. Put your phone out. Go ahead. Go ahead. Mouth. Go ahead. Because, see, I was just trying to talk to you, football person to football person. I'm asking you about your team. I'm being real. I'm not being a rival. We both out. So ain't no reason for us to be bickering now. We both sitting home. Ain't neither one of us in the damn playoff. But no, you want to come at me. So pull your phone out. Of course, he pulls his phone out. He's trying to search. He couldn't find it. I said, that's okay. You got that boot, bootleg uh, you know, phone. Let me pull out my iPhone, okay? Let me, let me show it to you. I pulled it up. Boom, boom. I said, look. He looks. He goes, oh. I said, yeah. I said, you have a nice day, bruh. And I walked away. I was so mad. JB, I was mad. I was just trying to ask you. You were game over. That's, 
we need the game over drop right there. It was a perfect opportunity. Man, I don't know what you're talking about, man. Game over. <laughs> Next, I'm going to get mic drop. It was, just, yeah. it was just, you know, it just shows the type of fans that out there, dude, looking for. And then I go in the bathroom, dude, to the 49ers hat, and I say to him, I say, hey, man, I say, y'all got the quarterback. He goes, don't we, though? He goes, I don't know how we got lucky to get him. But then, I'm like, that's what I'm talking about. This is all I wanted. I just wanted a little football talk. I ain't trying to argue with people. Guess who walks in the bathroom? Same dude. I said, you need to take lessons from this guy. He's got a 49er hat. We talking football. We ain't beefing, bruh. Beefing, bruh. And I walked out. I was so mad. Anyway. All right. Sorry, guys. I had to share that with you. Um, so I did get the Titans right. All y'all got it wrong, but I did with the Bills. You guys all got it right. Um, I had the Saints, and I had the Rams, so I went two and two. Um, Train and JB are the Mac Daddies for this week at three and one. I'm at two and two, and K-Star, man, had a rough week. K-Star went one and three, man. K-Star, the only, the only one uh, K-Star got right was um, Jags. He uh, went with the Chiefs. Yeah, it was brutal. Rams, brutal and he went with the Panthers, so, Yeah. Yeah. Um, next question before we get into this week's game. Well, I guess we can just we can we can actually we can um, ask it as part of this week's game. So let's make some picks and we can kind of talk about. So I wanted to get into Atlanta a little bit, but let's go ahead. Like you know, there's a lot of talk that Atlanta's on a roll now because they beat the you know the Rams and I, you know unfortunately it's just funny how things work out. It's looking like it's falling right in place for Atlanta. Because they have a Rams team that's, that's young. Let's just face it. Okay? The moment was too big for them. Atlanta's been there before. Rams have it. You got a young coach, young quarterback, young team. They're going to be somewhere. They're, they're going to make some noise in the future. But, you know, you're going up against experience. Now they're going against a Philly team without their starting quarterback. So, I guess – as we make the pick, I want y'all to think about what do y'all think about Atlanta, and is it laying out neatly for Atlanta to maybe make another appearance to the Super Bowl? I don't think any of us put them there, but man, oh man, if it ain't looking like there's some possibilities, just 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 something to think about. But let's go ahead and pick Atlanta at Philly. Um, so, Doctor Train, we'll start with you. Atlanta at Philly. That's the first game on Saturday. Who you got and why? I'm gonna go with Atlanta, bro. <laughs> it, it really, it, it it just it it really is simple. No Carson Wentz. Yeah, I know. To be told, if Carson Wentz was there, I would probably roll Eagles. But no yeah. Carson Wentz. No way I'm about to believe in Nick Foles. Going with Atlanta, roll Tide. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that's that's funny. <laughs> You're cracking me up right now, man. That's funnier than this. Bruh. <laughs> yes, I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> let, me, let me put it this way, man. Back in the old days, we used to do picks. I used to say, is anybody going to pick Philly? Is anybody in this call picking Philly to win this game? I almost picked that sound up today, too, bruh. I found it somewhere, but I couldn't get it in time. I may have that one for next week. But that exact sound, man. Yeah, I like sure. that. I like that. Bruh. But anyway, um, all right. No one's picking. No one's picking Philly. That's a shame. Um, I, I, I'm glad that Philly's not going to go anywhere. Um, 
because they're Philly. Um, okay. So I guess we can move on because no one's picking Philly. All right. So, Train, we'll start with you again then since that last pick was anticlimactic. We got 4-0 for uh, everyone going for Atlanta at Philly. So, And actually, the weather's not looking bad this weekend, so it may not be as cold as it was last week. And the weather's actually looking like, you know, reasonable this weekend in Philly. Um, exactly. All right. Train. Yes. Uh, train. Um, and here's another one, guys. I guess I'll, let me try the same thing again. Here's another one. Tennessee at New England. Is anybody going with Tennessee? <laughs> Bruh. <laughs> right, I'm definitely going to get that sound for next week, man. That, that's, that's tight. Um, all right. That's a good one. Boy, oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, okay. You know what? Hey, yeah, it's just having a little fun tonight, man. Having a little fun tonight. Okay. Um, oops, sorry. Let me move that. I, I, I'm, t- I'm keeping track over here. I put everybody under Tennessee like an idiot. Okay. Now nah, put everybody. Okay. All right, Trey, we're going to start with you one more time. Now, this one here, because we know, we know. Actually, you know what? I'm not going to start with Train because it's Jacksonville. Bring it. First game on Sunday. I'm going to start with KBR because I'm, Come here. I'm totally torn on this one because of what Jacksonville did to Pittsburgh earlier this year. I mean, Jacksonville demoralized Pittsburgh so bad, that was the game that Big Ben, who we all respect, Came out of the game talking about maybe he ain't who he used to be and all that. You know what I mean? Like five interceptions. And, I mean, it, it was bad what that D did to Pittsburgh. Now everyone's saying it won't happen again. Pittsburgh's a different team. Antonio Brown's going all in, blah, blah, blah. But it still happened. It's still going to be in somebody's head. So, K-Star, you've got your brethren, your brethren here on the Madden Voice. And I'm honestly torn on this game. Convince us. Convince us. Bruh. At the Steelers are going to win this game. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, the Steelers are, are second in the league in third down conversion rate. The uh, Jaguars are top five in, in conversion rate defensively. So when you look at the last game they played, the reason the Steelers fell behind was we went to pass heavy. The Jaguars struggle against the run, uh, 24th in the league against the run. And we have Le'Veon Bell. And the problem with the Steelers last time they played Jacksonville was they didn't utilize Le'Veon Bell enough. Ben had 30 passes uh, in the middle of the third quarter, which is far too many against a team that's best. Uh, it, it, its best suit is the fact that it's pass defense. That is its, its bread and butter. So, you know, when, when you look at that, it's like, come on, guys. Schematically, there was a problem there. The Steelers will correct that. They'll feed the ball to Le'Veon Bell. The Jaguars have proven uh, many times this, this season that they do have problems with teams that commit to the run. Um, in fact, two weeks ago, they lost to Jacksonville and, and, and Derrick Henry for that same uh, uh, reason. And you also have another factor in which when the Steelers played the Jaguars earlier this season, this was before Juju Smith-Schuster was introduced as a major part of the offense, um, which it's very easy to just key in on one or two players, right? You know, and that one or two players is Antonio Brown, who is – actually the only player to have 10 catches were over 100 receiving yards versus Jaguars this year, 97 of them coming in at halftime. So for those who would say that, oh, that's because it was a blowout, well, that's not true. Literally the first catch of the game was a 49-yarder Antonio Brown had on Jalen Ramsey. So he's proven he can already beat him. But when you add in another element, which is Juju Smith-Schuster, has been uh, amassed over 1,100 total yards as a rookie, most of it happening in the second half of the season, the Steelers' offensive 
efficiency has increased since his input into the starting lineup. And I think he's going to be, between him and Le'Veon, that's what's going to be the difference maker. And on the other side of the ball, Blake Bortles, with the way he looked uh, the last few weeks, especially at uh, home against Buffalo, um, well, the Steelers have a top five pass defense and led the NFL in sacks. And, I mean, listen, I mean, bad quarterbacks, there's no other more recipe for disaster than a pass rush. And the Steelers have uh, the best statistical pass rush in the NFL. Okay. All right. Um, I'm not sure what to say to that. That was pretty interesting. Game over. <laughs> Frank, we gonna we gonna we gonna see. Um, did he convince you? Not that. Not that. I don't know where you were before he said it. But what are your thoughts on Jacksonville at Tennessee? Yeah, I mean, let me put it this way: it was Jacksonville at Pittsburgh. It, Okay, it, it was a nice, it was a nice little speech. Um, um, this is not a, a simple one to pick. I I am going to roll with the Steelers, but Case, I think you failed to mention how bad you guys' rushing defense is, and that was one of the primary reasons why you struggled to beat um, Jacksonville the first time around. And so that, to me, that's a huge question mark because Blake Bortles doesn't have to beat you. You guys really do have to stop the run in order to be able to get after him. Now, he's not great at passing the ball, but you got to be able to stop the run. And if they're, if they're able to run the ball well, they're able to keep, keep your offense off the field. And if they can get you in third and long situations, they're able to pin their ears back. They have 55 sacks this season, second most in the league. So they're still a scary team, and you guys were fully loaded. So regardless of what you chose for your play calling, sometimes the game dictates it that way. Uh, but I'm not going to be silly. I'm not going to be silly. I'm definitely going to go with the Steelers. Mainly because I just like Mike Tomlin. I like Mike Tomlin getting you guys ready for this game. Oh, yeah. Letting y'all know don't go out there and embarrass me. And Big Ben, you know, so get all of Quiet. Quiet. What roll time? You know, you spewed out all them beautiful stats. He threw the ball to me. Look, man, Mike Tomlin will have those Steelers ready to play ball. They will remember what happened to them last time. Big Ben. Remember the Jaguars. He probably got got, hmm? – And, you know, remember the Titans. Remember the Jaguars. Remember the Jaguars, exactly. He probably got slapped around for talking like that. Tomas alone. Man, look. Yeah, he'll be ready to ball. Trust me. So, yeah, I'm a big still. Okay. All right. Um, JB. Now, now I, I do want to say this before JB makes his pick. It was JB several years ago. Now, he was a little early. He was a couple of years early. Okay, and we, you know, I gave him a hard time because I can. It's my brother. I can give him a hard time. Y'all can't, but I can. Anyway, um, he was a little early on his prediction, but he did see this coming. He did say the Jaguars were coming a little early, but he did see it coming. So I want to just recognize the fact that he did see this team emerging. And um, you know, and with that said, will JB pick are. the Jaguars? Will they pick? Will he pick them? Go ahead, JB. Thank you for the credit because I am uh, bittersweet about that. Right is good, but early, not so good. But did see this coming just because of the foundation they were building. But 
to go back to kind of what you said to you about the Rams and the Falcons, I think you hit it on the head with that one. I think the moment was too big for the Rams. And I kind of think the moment may be too big for the Jags right now because they're young. This is the first time they've been in the playoffs in what, a decade or something like that, maybe more. They got a young team. The The regular season is one speed. The playoffs is a whole different speed altogether. I think it's going to be a knockdown, drag out fight. I expect it to be a close game, but I'm taking the Steelers mainly for that point. They have a ton of experience. They're, they've been there before. They know what it takes. Jags are just starting to smell it, but they haven't tasted it yet. So they're not quite ready. I'm going to go with the Steelers. Okay. Um, you know, I watched Blake Bortles, and all I could think of was – that was awesome well done sir he was terrible he was terrible you know he was terrible Um, and you know I wanted a reason because you know I love nothing. Nothing, as y'all know, nothing makes me happier than to be able to stick it to K Star. Um, you know, but I, this ain't the game to do it because Blake Bortles is just terrible. I mean, if Colin Kaepernick was quarterbacking, I'd pick the Jags. If Tony Romo was quarterbacking, I'd pick the Jags. If Jason Floyd was <laughs> a quarterbacking, okay, maybe. But I'm just saying. You know, he is I'm throwing a Watch it. He, he is yeah, uh, whatever his name is, was quarterback from Alabama. I picked the Jags. But Portals is just terrible. Terrible. And the Steelers have a lead pass rush, man. Yo, oh, oh, man. Hey, they got a good D, man. And Jalen Ramsey's the real deal. You know, like they got it. They got a D. They got a D. But man, it, it you know, you gotta be able to score some points, I man. Y'all gotta be able to do something. Cause at some point, if you know your D is gonna get tired, and maybe the first half is might be it might be a battle, and maybe if the defense can do like they did in the first game and get some turnovers, and you know, I think Ben threw two pick sixes the first game. I just don't. I don't. I just don't see Ben playing that badly the second game. I just don't see it. I think Ben's a superstar. Ben's a four horseman. Ben's a two-time Super Bowl champion. You know what I mean? I mean, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not sitting here trying to give a guy credit that he hasn't earned. He's earned those accolades. And I think I did hear somewhere in the press where he wanted to play Jacksonville again. It was kind of yep, like, yep, um, yep. it was kind of like um, a lot of people say that the last game the Cowboys played, you know, who cared? It didn't matter. No, it mattered. You go nine and seven versus an eight and eight matter. But what I love was when Dak Prescott said, yo, that game I played against uh, Seattle, I was terrible. And I don't want that to be my last. I'm not going out like that. I want to play a better game. I don't know how much better he played, but that was his motivation. Ben is going to be fired up because he knows he played like crap the first game. And I saw Antonio Brown running routes against Chad Ochocinco, <laughs> you know, um, so it looks like, he, yeah, you know. So it looks like he's gonna play. Let's see if he can go the whole game. Let's see, you know. Let's see. But it looks like he's gonna give it a go. So, I, you know, I, I, just, I can't, I can't, I can't pick. I know I went on the limb and I was one and one in my long shot picks last week. But this ain't, this ain't. I can't do it with this one. I just can't. 
So, um, yeah, moving right along. Let's look at uh, New Orleans at Minnesota. Let's start with uh, JB on this one. Uh, New Orleans is traveling to Minnesota. I think we can all agree that um, Drew Brees looked like Drew Brees. He was sensational, just sensational against Carolina. Um, But can he go in? Minnesota's got a pretty good D. Case Keenum, while he's not a household name, has certainly played well, well enough to keep starting job. Um, You know, what do you think, JB? Well, I picked the Saints to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl, so I'm going to stick with that prediction. Uh, I think Minnesota is going to put up one heck of a fight. I think it's going to be another great game to watch, uh, an intriguing one at that. But I'm going to stick with what I've been saying before. I thought the Saints have enough defensively in the the two-back combination uh, combined with Drew Brees and how he's throwing the ball. I'm going to go with the Saints. Okay. Okay, Star. Certainly an awesome matchup. Um, I felt that if Carolina didn't beat New Orleans, that New Orleans would represent the Super Bowl given Philadelphia's quarterback problem, or absence, I should say. Uh, so I'm going with New Orleans as well. I mean, all it takes, and I think they're certainly capable of it. They're one of the more explosive teams in the league. All it takes is for them to get up early because New Orleans, unlike years past, has a really good pass defense uh, with Lattimore leading the charge and Crawley playing really well. And <clears throat> I think, the A, not only are they capable, but you know we don't know how Case Keenum is going to perform. We saw the experience, uh, lack of experience, not due to well, uh, not serve Jared Goff too well. And you have Case Keenum in his first playoff game against a grizzled veteran and team of, you know, Sean Payton and Drew Brees. So, uh, you know, I got to go with New Orleans here. Okay. Dr. Train. Hey, man, this, this, is, not a, this is not an easy pick to make, man. Um, <clears throat> as uh, – as simply as it would be to, to go with Drew Brees and, and the Saints because they are clicking, defense is playing well, Brees looks to uh, looks to be back, Michael Thomas is playing out his mind. Um, just please don't sleep on Minnesota. Just don't be surprised if Minnesota going there hitting, man. I'm, I'm just saying. But, once again, I'm not going to be foolish. Uh I, I will I will pick the Saints on this one. I'm just gonna say I'm not gonna be shocked if Minnesota wins this game. I think they are more prepared than what people give them credit for, and I think they have exactly what it takes to beat the Saints. They got a very very solid defense. It's very difficult to run on them. They got linebackers that get they go sideline to sideline, and uh, Pat Sherman has that offense clicking. And you know what? Understand, it's Case Keenum. It's Case Keenum. Who in the world will put their chips on Case Keenum? Not me. Just raise one pick of the Saints. But the dude has played well enough to get the team in the playoffs, and they are still they are still clicking. Roll Tide. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> um, well. You know, I picked the Saints to go to the Super Bowl, so it's going to be 4-0 and for all of us, or 0-4, or somewhere in the middle. Um, we're all picking the same. Um, 
you know, I agree with you, Train, that the Saints are certainly – I'm sorry, the, the Minnesota's going to put up a fight. Um, you know, Mike Zimmer, as a head coach, I mean, this is a guy who was defense coordinator for Dallas uh, back in the day, and this this guy has the pedigree. Um, and so I, I, I am very happy for him, very excited for him individually because he comes from Dallas. Um, but you're right, I can't put my money on Case Keenum, even though he's played relatively well. You know, I've said it, quarterback, head coach, quarterback, head coach. Am I going to go with Mike Zimmer and Case Keenum? Am I going to go with Sean Payton and Drew Brees? Come on, man. Even though they're on the road. And, you know, the thing about it is, thing about it is, they shut down the run. And Drew Brees said, okay, I'm going to teach y'all, I'm going to show y'all why I will be the all-time leading passer in the history of this game probably by the end of next year i would have thrown for more yards than any um quarterback sorry i'm being distracted here i i I will have thrown for more yards than any quarterback in history of the game because he hasn't had to do that this year as much because they've had the the two-headed monster back there those guys were shut down he said okay i'll throw for 376 yards and win the game i think that's going to be hard for anybody this year to stop and drew Brees has been there before so, um, you know, if, if this had been a Teddy Bridgewater-led team who had never been injured back with the Teddy we saw before, because we don't know if Teddy, uh, you know, is going to ever be Teddy again, okay? But that Teddy, uh, I, may feel, I may be like, damn, I don't know. Um, Bradford, no. Sorry, I wouldn't change my opinion. Keenum, I think he'll play well. I think it'll be a decent game, but I think – I think New Orleans is going to go in there, and it's a dome game. Um, and you know what? We have never had a team play a Super Bowl in their home stadium, and it ain't going to happen this year either. So, no. Um, so, great to you. Before, we all before you pick, move on, I just yeah. want to make one, one notation. I'm not sure if anybody noticed, but we've got – we've picked four Super Bowl-playing quarterbacks for all of these games, Falcons yeah. with, with yeah. Ryan – Obviously, Patriots, so on and so on. Then something to be said about good old-fashioned experience. So, just want to throw that little tidbit out there. Yeah, I saw, um, I don't know, I think you might have retweeted this. um, But I I saw, um, you know, playoff starts. um, Brady 34, Mariota 1, Roethlisberger 20, Bortles 1. Ryan nine, Foles one, Breeze twelve, Keenum zero, and we certainly went with the four uh, experience, you know. And quiet as is kept, three out of the four horsemen. By the way, quiet as is kept. There's a reason they are the four horsemen because three out of four of them being picked here, and the only reason the fourth one probably isn't there because he got hurt this year, or it might be all four horsemen rolling through. Um, Okay. Roll tide. Uh, I want to talk about the Patriots. I want to talk about the Patriots because what do you say? I'm sorry, I missed it. Roll Tide. Bruh. So I want to talk about the Patriots. <laughs> Let's talk about the Patriots. That's all I want to talk about. Um, <laughs> so, the um, – was that K-Star that said Roll Tide? You said Roll Tide. Yeah, was that you, K-Star? Yeah, that was me that time. That was oh, that my time. God. You, you, you said it like Cam. Damn, bruh. Can we get this man some? Can we rent you some? Can we lease you some rhythm? Good God Almighty! 
Man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 man. I'm, like, I'm not like Train. I'm not like Train. I've been no, saying it all not. day to everyone. <laughs> uh, okay, so I think you could say it all, all day to everyone, day. and it would still sound the same. Um. Any anyway. Um, so fucking mean. Yeah, I know. Patriots, you know, you guys all heard the news. I'll go last because being in New England, I may, I may. And before I even do this, I do have to recognize somebody. And I should have told him I was going to do it. Jay, uh, our cousin, Costin Davis Jr., uh, he nailed yep. this. He heard about this before I did. I told him he yep. didn't know what he was talking about. Um, and then yeah, we played this, all this breaks, breaks out. And I went back to him. I said, Costin, cousin Costin, you were right. You know, um, ain't a lot of our family that I honestly can say, you know, um, I admire, <laughs> you know, and I'll just leave that right there. Um, but there's a couple of cousins that I do. He's one. Cousin Jeff's another. Uh, they're both older than me, both very, very successful and well-established. And um, so he, he, he called this. And he's not a Patriots fan. He's a Giants fan. But, yeah, he knew this was going on even before I knew. And I'm right here in New England. So wow. I'm curious. Yeah, seriously, I give him credit. I'm curious. And, and uh-huh. let me go to K-Star first. Do you think is the Empire – imploding or because we've heard recent reports they all you know kumbaya now and they all love each other and you know all that you know everybody's in love and everything everybody's happy okay but is that just a front to get them through the playoffs or is this real in in your opinion i think it's a front to get through the playoffs um to me it's like a company line where everything might internally be on fire but you got to Make sure you know your shareholders and everything don't know that until you're you know you're you're kind of calling everyone down, showing unity, though it may be false. At that point, it's just uh, the unification, just to slow down the dramification, as you will. Because I mean, they don't want to be answering those questions, and the way to avoid answering those questions that you don't want to have uh, thrown your way is by saying there's nothing wrong, nothing to see here, when really there probably is something to see there. Okay. All right. Hold that. We got a caller. So let me grab the caller. 215 Ooh, awesome. area call. Thanks for calling in. Welcome to the Madden Voice. What's going on, T? What's good? Who am I speaking to? Coach Chris. Coach Chris. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. <laughs> thought you got hit by a truck. <laughs> no, man. I, I popped it on your show every once in a while, man. Yeah, I know. It's been a while, man. Like I said, I thought you got hit by a truck. Oh. Bruh. <laughs> Welcome back. How are you, man? Uh, I'm good, man. You hit the button, man. What you got to say? No, no, I'm just listening to you guys talk. And first of all, go Eagles. Screw the Falcons. Oh, boy. <laughs> no, no, no. Now, you got a Foles back there. Y'all, you really think that that's going to be enough? What's that? You got a fools at quarterback. You really think that's okay. going to be enough? So, how impressive did Matt Ryan look last week? Way more impressive um, than Nick Foles has all year. Well, of course. I mean, of course he looked. Of course, he looked more impressive <laughs> than Foles. But how impressive? How impressive did did the Falcons' offense look last week against the Rams? 
So don't count. You can't count the Eagles out. If it wasn't, you know, the the lack of experience on that Rams offense, they couldn't get nothing going against the against the Falcons. And they had no one. Lack of experience. And they had, and they had no one to pick them up to get them through the hard times during that game. You're, you, uh, you know what? I agree with you completely. Lack of experience. You're talking about an experienced team that just went to the Super Bowl a year ago. Exactly. So, now, that, right. So the Eagles, they, they, they definitely had the lack of experience at quarterback and coach, but we also have the veterans that are there as well. So, I mean, we have those veterans that the Rams offense didn't have. I mean, who's the most experienced? Who's the most experienced player on the Rams' offense as far as being in the league? Was it Sammy Watkins? Robert Woods. Robert, Robert Woods, Woods I mean, I mean, at least, I mean, at least the Eagles have LeGarrette Blunt, who's been there, done that. They have Alshon Jeffrey, who's a veteran. They also have, I mean, even though he's not playing, Jason Peters, but you better believe he has something to do with that team right now. Man, he ain't playing. And he'll be oh. there. Jeffries ain't seen the playoffs, so that don't really – he's a veteran, but he ain't no. seen the playoffs. No, but Blunt's I mean, been there, has... but Blunt's – you know, he's yeah. a part-timer. I mean – But Blunt was there with Brady. It's a little different. Blunt right oh, now sure. is there with Foles, and he's looking at him like, man, bruh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the problem, man. You know, the one problem is I already talked about Blake Bortles. But Kaepernick, I mean, I'm sorry, I keep going Kaepernick because Kaepernick should, you know, all these quarterbacks, Kaepernick should have a job. This is ridiculous. But when I look at Foles, man, it's just like, bruh. Well, you know, like. See, you know, you know what yeah. I think the problem is with Kaepernick? Do you know what I think the problem is with Kaepernick? Is teams don't want to, if they would have brought him into the into their team during the year to be a backup, that creates nothing but controversy and unwanted publicity that the teams don't want during the year. He should be in the league. But, yeah. I mean, you, it's kind of like, so, I mean, he, he's better than Tebow, but Tebow is a backup, right? Tebow is just as, Tebow is a backup, but he causes so much controversy because he's so loved by everybody that they want to see him as a starter, but he's not good enough. Kaepernick, can be a starter, but bringing him into the bringing him onto a team during the year, right before the season, would have caused nothing but controversy and media all around that team, no matter what team brought him in. Yeah, I mean you're right, and I mean I think Stevie Wonder could he, could see that, but here's the problem: the only team, um, there's only one team in the league that can handle if they would have signed Kaepernick. Only one the team. Dallas Cowboys, baby. No, not Wait, definitely not Dallas. No, oh, of course it is. No, England. It but New England wouldn't do it. That New England wouldn't do it, man. I, I don't just, know. I, New, England, New England has no history of signing controversial players like that. Dallas does. Dallas brought right. in Greg Hart. Well, you know what I mean? Dallas brought in well, Pac-Man Jones. Dallas brought in Terrell Owens. Dallas has a history of bringing in players that, that are controversial. But that Prescott ain't controversial. No, I'm not saying. I'm not. No, no, no. I'm not saying to, they should do it. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying right, is there's a history there, and they can absorb it because they've done this before with controversial players. New England doesn't. Right. Who they? I mean, 
no. Well, they brought so in. Saying, they're, the only team, they're the only team media-wise that can handle signing a player yeah. like Kaepernick. There's no other team in the league that can handle the media blitz that they would get nationally because it'd be nationally covered on a daily basis. I don't understand how, but they don't. They have never done that. Is my point. I mean, what? Why Kaepernick's not in the league? Yeah, but that's the reason he's uh, not in the league. So I, so I guess I'm disagreeing and saying that they're not the only. I don't know that the Patriots could handle it because. Belichick doesn't bring in players that are marginal like that. Maybe you could say Randy Moss. That might be the one, maybe player that uh, you could say he was also. He brought in Dante know. Stallworth after his his a uh, drunken manslaughter oh. incident. Come on, man, Dante. Okay, and, and the Ravens had Ray Lewis. I mean, come on, man. Uh, you know, you guys had Ben <laughs> Raffensperger after he was charged with rape. I mean, that that's that's not that's not the same media farm as a Kaepernick. Wasn't charged, and I I don't know. I don't know that I, I don't know that New England and I'm I'm here like I live in this market I, I don't know if they would and I don't know if they could the only reason I said Dallas is because you know they brought in a Greg Hardy for instance you know they brought in T.O. you know you think Randy Moss was a fire so T.O. was deactivated and suspended from the freaking Eagles and then came over to Dallas the next year what what, what T is trying to say the reason why the Cowboys would have been an option is because they're lacking moral character as an organization, and therefore they, they absorb that. Okay, I thought I was the only one that caught that. Bruh. <laughs> nah, you ain't more like no. <laughs> yeah, it's not moral character to give someone a second chance. It's moral character if you keep I'm them on the wrong. team. Because yeah, you're wrong. It's, it's, you know, everyone does no, I'm not wrong. I, and, and my whole point is Kaepernick deserves a chance. I don't give a damn what team. You know the other team, though? The other team that has been known to do this? The Raiders. The Raiders have been known to go after marginal right, players, but, veteran players. Right, so, I mean, the so Raiders have Derek Carr. The Raiders have Derek Carr, and they gave him a bunch of money. We're talking about bringing him in as a backup. We're talking about a backup. We're talking about yeah, – we're not but, talking about bringing him in as a start. We're talking about right. you bring him in, you sit him on the bench, you put a, you put a backwards cap on a clipboard, and you say, like it, and if something happens to our start, you're going to get to play. That's what we're talking about. And the fact that nobody in the NFL did that, and we can sit there and watch a game like Jacksonville and, and, and Buffalo – and the best quarterback in that stadium was up there calling to play. It's recalling plays to CBS. is ridiculous. That's, that's my It's ridiculous. Well, to be fair, anyway, if Kaepernick I, was playing and Romo was calling to play, he still would be the best quarterback there in that stadium. Well, that's true. But at least Kaepernick was good. I think Kaepernick was better than those two guys. Hey, hey was see, just so you know, Romo is definitely one of my favorite analysts. Oh, yeah. he's, he's insane. Awesome. And, and 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 let me say this, and then and then I want to get back to the patients. Let me just say this: people are now nationally seeing what true cowboy fans knew about Tony all along. The guy is—he's very smart. He knows the game, and he's a leader. And a lot of people—you couldn't see that if if you only just watched the game and maybe the post-game press conference, and that's it. And you say, "Ah, oh, Tony." Now you see you see the passion he has. You see the knowledge he has, and. You know, unfortunately, for many years, Tony didn't have a real team. You know, he was the team. Those eight and eight seasons that Tony, you know, was playing his lights out, they didn't have – those before they had, you know, an offensive line. Those before they had a phenom running back. And people forget all that. But I'm happy for Tony, though, because he's, he's, 
incredible at what he does. And all the Cowboy fans that want him to come, y'all, y'all, y'all go fuck yourselves, okay? Because Tony should stay right where he. Is. I wouldn't go back. Yeah, I wouldn't. I don't give. When y'all ran me out of town, Dak this, Dak that, and Dak, Dak, Dak. Now Dak had an off year. Y'all want me to come back? Hell no. I'm staying right up here with my little bro cream, a little hairdo, and I'm going to sit up here with Jim Nance. I'm going to call the plays. I'm going to go home to my beautiful wife, and I don't give a damn what y'all say. I ain't getting hit no more. Bruh. That's it. All right. Hey, Coach Chris, man, thanks for checking in with us, man. Don't be a stranger, bruh. Hey, man, I, I listen to you. I listen to your show every once in a while when I get a chance. So, I mean, uh, today I decided to call in. Let's see what the hell. Well, I appreciate that, man. I appreciate that. Nice to know you didn't forget about us. And, um, hey, man, you know where you know where to catch us, brother. Absolutely. Thanks for the call, right, Chris. Take it easy. All right, man. Roll All down. right. <laughs> <laughs> Bruh. Roll tied your ass. Anyway. out of here, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, did you right. ask on um, the train yet about the Bears? No, that's oh, going on there next. It's coming. Okay. No, I ain't going to – I ain't going to – yeah, I know train just waiting. He's just waiting. Uh, uh, I'm um, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, train, do you have any thoughts on this Patriots thing? Is the empire, you know, the emperor? We're not wearing any clothes. Is it, you know, what 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 are we talking about here? Ah, uh, dude, yeah, they got issues down there, bro. Trust me, I believe every last bit of it. I don't give a damn TV is saying it, Ruben. I don't care what they say. Look here, man. That trade don't make any sense considering the age of the quarterback. Not only did you trade the third string, you trade the second string quarterback. Okay, and the fact that they say mm-hmm. Tom Brady maybe didn't want to work with him, you're damn right, I believe it. Selfish bastard, bow tie. You know what? I don't even care. <laughs> they're going to be in the market for a quarterback real soon, or Belichick going to be retiring. He ain't going back to no losing ways, I'm going to tell you that. And to see what Garoppolo is doing right now, you mean tell me you couldn't do that? Of course he could have did it for the Patriots. Oh, you know what I'm saying? It don't even make yeah. any sense, man. <laughs> yeah, I believe every last bit of it. They're crumbling. But you know what? I can't say that too loud. You know, I can say it right now because the wife ain't here. That's a team. But, yeah. Going down. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you don't want to mess up, you know. Mm, Okay. Uh, Well, like I said, I'm going to go last. Um, JB, what do you think? Yeah, I I, I echo Dr. Train's sentiments. You know, there's the old saying that's not always true, but I think it's true in this one where there's smoke, there's fire. And I think it's an inferno. I think something during the offseason is going to go down, go down big. Uh, what that could possibly be, not quite sure. I uh, don't really believe Belichick's going to go to the Giants, uh, even though it's been talked about. And because and, and mentioned it, I think that'd be a bit of a stretch. But I do think something's going down. I really do. There's too much activity, and and it seems like for this year, there's always been something with the Patriots. Remember back in the very beginning, early in the season, uh, preseason, there was so much talk about this and that. With, with the Patriots, or maybe I'm thinking the Steelers, or maybe I'm getting the two mixed up, but it just seems like there's always something rumbling underneath the surface, kind of like lava. And right now, we got a volcano about to erupt. So I'm with Train. I think something big is about to happen, and something's going down. Okay. So here, here are my thoughts. Um, I, I tend to, I tend to agree that that this is real, um, and. 
you know, the, the scuttlebutt is that, you know, they're, 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 people are wanting him to have an interest in the Giants. I don't think that's going to happen. But this whole thing that went down is real. Um, and you know it's real because they addressed it. And, and Brady, I mean, Belichick generally doesn't even bother addressing stuff. He gives you a stupid look like, why are you bothering me with this? Um, and generally what he'll say is, you know, we're on to Tennessee. We're thinking about Tennessee. Ten- you know, that, that's, that's what you would hear from Belichick normally. But this week he, he's addressed it because it is real. This did really happen. And, um, you know, I, if something's going to happen in the off season. Either either he's going to retire, take another job, or they're going to re-sign him, and they're going to they're going and and they're going to give him more money than Gruden got. Okay, but something is going to happen because this is real. They had to make up for the playoff run. They had to at least put on a happy face. We will know a lot on Sunday because I'm going to tell you if a locker room is split up, if there's friction, it will show on the field. I don't that is unavoidable. I don't care how experienced you are. I don't. It doesn't. It doesn't matter at all. If there are true issues, we will see it on the field, because that stuff. It, it's 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 like a. I don't want to say it's like a cancer because I think that term's used too much. Um, but it's it's kind of like a fungus that just eats at you. I'll use that instead. You know what I mean? It's kind of like it, and and it's gonna show. People start getting resentful, you know, and it, it will affect. I mean, you know, if you think about it, Belichick was ready, according to all reports, to move on from Tom Brady. This is and, – and who's – by the way, who's one of Bill Belichick's closest friends? Anybody know? I'll tell you who it is. Nick Saban. Damn right. And we saw what Nick Saban did last night. He pulled his 25-2 second-year starter and brought in an unheralded freshman. When I say unheralded, guy had promised but hadn't done anything yet. So these guys are tight. If he can do that on national TV with no regrets, you don't think Belichick wasn't ready to say, we got everything we can get out of time. Let's give him a chance to go somewhere else and finish out his career. I'm ready to go to Jimmy G. We saw – Green Bay do it with Brett Favre, and Brett Favre at that time was pretty close to where Tom Brady is today as far as NFL, you know, hierarchy, revered, okay? And we saw Ted Thompson and Mike McCarthy say, we're going to Aaron Rodgers. And guess what? They were right. (laughs) They were right. And Bill Belichick was ready to do that with Tom Brady, but Robert Kraft stepped in. And I don't want to hear anybody else talk about Jimmy, uh, Jerry Jones and stepping in. I don't want to hear it anymore. I want to hear it. Because you know what? When you write the check, that is your right. When you cut the check, I don't give a damn. You don't have to like it, but that's your right. My name is Robert Kraft. I own the team. I am not ready to move on. He says he can play a couple more years. I believe him. He's brought five Super Bowls to this team. I ain't ready to do it. Sorry, Bill. 95, 98, 99% of the decisions are yours. I'm overruling you this one time. Deal with it. Belichick was like, what? Excuse me? <laughs> Who the hell is you? Oh, wait a minute. You do own the team. My bus, my bus. Okay. That's what you want to do? That's what you want to do. We'll see what the fallout is. We'll see. But there nah, will man. be fallout. He, 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 was like, he was like, what do you pay me for? 
stormed out. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. You know, if you read that, if you read that article, just in case for anyone who hasn't, in that article it says that uh, after meeting with Kraft, who decided that you know they need to part ways with Jimmy and they want to go with Brady, you know, Belichick was furious, pretty much stormed out, um, which is leading to the speculation he may no longer be the coach of New England uh, after the season. And I mean, earlier I said that I feel like an owner's comment or owner's decision because. You know, when you look at the moves and the order of it, it didn't make any sense. It's only get a second no, round pick for it. Yeah, it just didn't make any sense. Like, but when it happened, it didn't make sense to anyone. And it makes sense more now only in the sense that we know that it was it potentially was an owner's decision because that doesn't seem like something that Belichick would want to do because it doesn't make sense schematically from a football perspective. I mean, to trade away Brissett. No coach is, no coach is idiotic yeah. enough to sit here and realize I got a quarterback who's 40, knowing that he's about to leave. Yeah, even if he gets two more years, I need to have something waiting in the wings. It's the most important yeah. position in the freaking league. And you trade away both your backups? Yeah, you know, they traded they trade Brissett like week one, I believe. So, I mean, like, it, it, I wonder if when he made that move, I, I thought – I wonder if he thought to himself, well, okay, this will make a more convincing argument that we need to keep Garoppolo. Like, you know, we only have Brady and, and Garoppolo. That's it. Now, I mean, if I trade Garoppolo, we have to sign a quarterback from the street, which they signed Brian Hoyer, who was conveniently enough released from San Fran when it happened. So it definitely screams like an owner's move. It just didn't make any sense. Now it does for the wrong reasons. Okay. Um, side note, I got your tweet about Pastor Mark Burns. The guy's an idiot. Even if he is doing the right thing, he's an idiot. I can't stand him. He, you know, when you hear the term Uncle Tom, look at him. He, he is the quintessential no, Uncle Tom. Can't stand that guy. Stop that. Can't stand the guy. I hate that term. That's, I don't care that's what you hate. Term. Anger, you, uh, well, you who cares? I'm, I'm, excuse me. I'm a black man. If I want to call I'm, another black man Uncle I don't Tom, care. I don't care you ain't got no right to tell me Uncle who Tom for having a different opinion than you. That's ridiculous. And that is no, that's exactly not, what for, white people used to do. Back in the day, the same liberals used to do the same all, shit. First of all, can I finish what I'm saying? Can I finish what I'm saying? Because you interrupted me. Okay? First of all, um, I'm a black man calling another black man Uncle Tom. You as a white man don't get don't to care. tell me who I can call an Uncle yeah, Tom. That's number yeah, one. Yeah, I do. No, actually, you don't Bullshit. because you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Okay? Uh, so that's okay. not your role. This goes back to what I said in the beginning. You don't get to interject into something that doesn't affect you. You don't know about Uncle Tom because you're not black. So who the hell are you to try to tell me what an Uncle Tom is? Stay in your lane, young man. Define for me Stay what in your Uncle lane. Tom means. I, okay, I don't know. What's an Uncle Tom? Come on, tell us. Oh, well, now, now you want to ask. See, that's how you should start the conversation, by saying, you know what, T? Educate me. Because, see, you like the guy because he supports Trump. Ain't got nothing to do with him supporting Trump. I didn't even go there. He ain't even a true pastor, by the way. Pastor Mark Burns, who went to divinity school and was debunked, never went to the divinity school that he claimed to have gone to. He's a liar. Okay, and he might be doing the right thing on this one episode. Congratulations, bro. Doesn't change who you are. Can't stand the guy. Can't stand Uncle Tom. (sighs) Too late, man. Next time, that's how you start the conversation. Yeah, no, no, I know what Uncle Tom is, and it's an awful thing to say for for a black man. And I can say it. You don't got no right to tell me. Bullshit. And, And you know what? 
And I'm going to say it again. And one of these days, you will listen to someone and learn that you don't get to tell a black man what he could say to another black man. Ain't none of your fucking business. None. All right. Stay out of it. Period. Well, you sound like you sound like a racist white dude talking to other people, but all right. Racist white people don't use the phrase. Yeah. Yes. That's how you shut they down. The that's how you shut down. They don't use that's it. how you shut. That's how you shut K- down. Discussion. Racist white. Racist white people do not use the word Uncle Tom. No. Because they don't know where they don't know where They don't know where it comes from. But they don't use the phrase. You, your statement was you sound like a racist white guy, and he used the word Uncle Tom. They don't use that. You know what? You know, we but know they, what they use is. other terms. They use other terms for people who support yeah, black people. I'm familiar with it. I've been called that. Listen, I've been called that for dating for dating women who are black. I've been called. I've been called similar terms for dating interracially. But you haven't been called terms because it doesn't. To a white no, person. Exact so whatever term. I'm saying, the called, concept of a term. Okay, but but that okay, and maybe in your situation it was wrong. You can't put a blanket statement over something that offended you and say that it could never be used. I walked down the street with a white woman, had black guys honking the horn, yelling out the window. All these fine sisters out here. What are you doing with a white woman? These were brothers That's saying this to me. I said. Your That's fucking business what I'm doing with a white woman. Mind your business. I'll be with whoever the hell I want to be with. Does that mean that all black guys are racist? No. It's what those guys said that was wrong. I'm saying, as a black man, if I want to call another black man an Uncle Tom, the last person that can interject is a white man because you don't know what we're running. You don't know what we're experiencing. So you're out of line completely. Now, that don't mean whatever you were called was okay. I'm sure it was wrong. But that's a separate discussion. If a black person gives you a hard time for dating a black lady, they're wrong. And whatever they called you was wrong. That has nothing to do with a black man addressing another black man. If that's what I want to do to my, I'm using air quotes here, brother, then that's what I'm going to do. And if he wants to, obviously, we don't know each other, so he can't. But at any given time, I would have no problem saying it straight to his face and telling him why. And he would have a right to then come back at me any way he wants because he's a brother. And I'm addressing him in a way that he may not agree with. But you can't do that. That's the stuff that we started off the con- man. I'm so disappointed. We started off the conversation with me trying to educate you about this stuff, man. You can't. You, you, yeah, well, we you're not running these. We need to do better because we shouldn't. We- we shouldn't be calling people just one size fit all terms just just to label. I, I'm against the idea of labeling people in general like that. Like that's just if it's accurate, it is what it is. It's if it's accurate. I'm not saying every. I said him, him individually. I'm saying I'm saying it about him individually because when he burst on the scene, my first thought was, oh cool, a black pastor. Okay, and then I started following him, and I was disgusted with what I learned. Completely disgusted. All right, fine, that's fair. I apologize. I, I apologize. I simply am offended just because I, I, I just don't like the term label. I just want the labels in general. It's just, it, it, it's not, it's not productive. But if he is what you think he is, then all right, it is what it is. Yeah, and and and, and again, remember the the lesson here for you, man. And this is one I hope you get. This is one I hope you could have any position you want. You just got to be careful. When you're coming into something that you've never experienced, 
and you have such definitive opinions based on stuff that you've read, stuff that you've seen, you got to take a deep breath and say, wait a minute, what am I really bringing to this conversation? I can't tell a woman certain things because I've never been a woman. No matter how strongly I may feel, I've never lived one day as a woman. So my opinion don't matter. I am not a millennial. So when my kids come to me with millennial issues, I'll have opinions. But you know what? I'm not living as a millennial, so my opinion doesn't matter. I'm not a white guy. So I don't I think it doesn't tell matter. You about you just disagree. I don't think it doesn't matter. It does matter, though, because if, if I've never walked a mile in your shoes, how can I tell you what you're experiencing? I can't tell you how you're living your life. I can't tell you what you're feeling. I can't. I've never lived it. I've lived mine, though. So if Dr. Train, as a fellow black man, wants to come in and say, hey, T-Man, I don't know about that. Hey, we can have that conversation. You know why? Because him and I, we're running that same fight, running that same battle. But when you're not running that battle, you got to be real careful. You want to step out of that line, try to tell somebody something that you just, it's just out of your reality. Because I've also dated a black woman. It's just disgusting to me. I hate it. Well, it, can, it can be disgusting all you want, but again, you dated a black woman, and I have a lot of respect for you for that, but you were still a white man. Well, That's the difference. You, you never lived a day as a black man, not a day. So, all right. Where were we? Train, let's go to you, man. I got to have some water. Cool. Bears right. new head coach. Now that we back to real football. First thing I want to say is, <laughs> so, um, man, we got a new head coach. I am, um, I, I think I know as much about the guys. Everybody else has, that got a chance to read as many articles as they could. Uh, What's his name? I, I can, I can, Matt Nagy. So it's the yep. chief, it's the chief office coordinator. Coordinator, huh? Chief, thank you. Chief's former offensive coordinator. Uh, he called plays. Uh, I think like the last quarter of the season, um, which kind of helped to turn, you know, the uh, Chief season around hey, hey, a bit. Hey. Hold yeah. that thought real quick. Hey, Star, are you following yeah. Jen uh, Stelter on um, Twitter? Jim, who? Elter. I don't think so. Thought I saw that you liked one of her. Well, that that's where I was going. I was actually going to pay you a compliment because you know you keep. Well, what, how do you spell last name? I probably am, dude. I follow I follow a lot of people. What? How do you spell? No, no, you'll know if you're following this one. S e l t e r. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Porzingis' girl. Yeah. Yeah, she's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. All right. That's what we need you know, to be talking about. Be like, yeah, she's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give y'all another one to look up. That's unreal. Jeanette Garcia. Y-A-N-E-T oh, Garcia. Is that the, you uh, know who that is? From... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I follow her. Bruh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Back oh, my you. God. I- you want to know? Yeah, just just know that they are sexy individuals. I can imagine. I know what you're talking about. 
Bruh. <laughs> Are we back? Yeah, back. It's back to you, man. We're talking about Matt Nagy. All right. So, Matt Nagy, Bears' new head coach, offensive-minded chief, former offensive coordinator. Um, like I said, play calling duties by like the last uh, quarter of the season, but more than the last quarter of the season. Um. I can say honestly, I'm 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 good with the hire. Uh, I, I figure they were going to lead more more offensively, but um, the only thing that would make this sweeter is we can keep Vic Fangio. That that would that would only make this deal sweeter. If we can't get him, hopefully another true reputable DC, someone who is taking full control of the defense, but. My hope is that we keep uh, keep Vic Fangio, but I really do, I really do like the hire, man. I mean, I was kind of leaning more towards uh, Pat Shermer, somebody with that had some head coaching experience, but also did really pretty well calling uh, offensive plays. But you know, this guy's hung out with Andy Reid his entire career, and we all know Andy Reid didn't necessarily win the big one, but he was very good at making it to NFC championships, and he had the Eagles as a winning team for a ton of seasons. So I'm good with it, but we, we need Vic Fangio back. That will only make this sweeter. Okay. Roll okay. Tide. <laughs> <laughs> Bruh. All right. Um, all right. I think we've covered everything. I, oh, last topic. There's one other topic I did want to touch real quick. Um, uh, John Gruden. Um, so it's official. Um, he is now the, the, we talked about it a little bit last week, but now it's, it's official. Um, and, uh, he got, uh, our special teams coach, which I guess used to coach with him years ago. Um, which is okay. You know, you do your thing. Um, but I just, you know, you know, what do you, you know, now that he's got the job 10 years, a hundred million dollars. Good. Good. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, Jesus Christ. Um, what do you guys think? I mean, just your honest, you know, is this is a good move, bad move to be determined? You know, your thoughts? Uh, K-Star, you can go first. Um, Ten years is a really long time for any fucking um, – I'm sorry, for any contract the coach gets. Like, that's just a lot of time. I mean, I guess they had to, uh, you know, frame the contract that way in order to get him to bite. But, you know – First thought is the contract's far too long. It should be a five-year deal. Who's to say in year eight that he'll even want to do it anymore, but whatever. Uh, I think he's a good fit because what we saw with him, with Oakland, he did turn around Rich Gannon's career. And Rich Gannon was just a journeyman quarterback from Kansas City. And we saw what he did um, with, with that offense in Oakland, with Tim Brown, with Jerry Rice. You know, when he left Oakland for Tampa, you know, he gets – uh, Flack were taking Dungeon's team to the Super Bowl, but Bill Callahan's team, as we found out last week, also took Gruden's team to the Super Bowl. And what we do know is Gruden can definitely take some talented individuals and make it a really good team. He has Derek Carr. He has Amari Cooper. He has Crabtree. He's got Khalil Mack. He's got, he's got a sol- solid foundation. And another um, coordinator that he ended up swiping, which certainly, certainly perked my eyebrows, was the L.A. Rams offense coordinator. Can't think of his name right now, but we all know how awesome the Rams offense was this past year. You know, a lot of credit goes to McVay, but obviously the 
you know, you had that coordinator calling the plays ultimately. Um, so that was a really good hire, and I'm interested to see how they do. And ultimately, I think it's good for the league for Gruden to be back in coaching. Um, JB. Well, I'm not mad at all for Gruden signing it. Um, I just question the Raiders organization for that much. Thankfully, it didn't involve ownership. I think a lot of us, at least the majority of folks that were in the know that follow football, kind of shied away from that and hope that wasn't the case. So I'm glad to see that. Is he worth that amount? I, I think he's a great coach. I don't think I don't think any coach is worth that amount. And and I saw one of the tweets from, from uh, Michael Smith made a Eddie Murphy Raw reference talking about I don't care if the, the, the mountains crumbled and the seas roared, uh, no coach is worth $100 million. I, I got a kick out of that one. Um, so I think he's going to be there for the full 10 years. No, I don't think so. Uh, I think – I think he's got three years to show and prove, and then it's going to be interesting what happens after that. He's got a, a cupboard full of talent, so if he can't make the playoffs next year and the year after that and the year after that, then something's wrong. Um, so a good hire, I just question the amount of money that they've invested into him. Okay, Dr. Train. Um. I, I don't necessarily agree that it's going to be three years. I think with them hiring at, at 10, I think they're going to give them about, about the same amount of time that they get uh, that San Francisco is giving old boy there, um, uh, Kyle Shanahan, to, to work uh, to work that team and, and make it move zone. But he is starting with a lot of talent, uh, and the expectations are are high even within his, even within his first year. So uh, kudos to uh, – Kudos to group, man. I mean, uh, what what would be interesting though is to see, you know, how much he learned sitting back, you know, these years. Sometimes guys get a really good run at second time around. So he's been sitting back, you know, in the booth, but watching young talent. So we'll see, we'll see. That'll that'll be the most interesting thing for me. I I, I expect to see a, an, an improved coaching from him, you know. So, yeah, remember um, Shanahan got a six-year deal, not a ten-year deal, so it's a little bit different. No, no, no. What I, I'm, he did get a six-year. What I'm saying is, you were saying three years, and they may look for a change. I'm saying he's going to get at least six years within his own deal to uh to make that team a dynasty. I don't, I don't, I don't think it's going to be short. I think they are in for the long haul with him. Uh, from a financial perspective, they they pretty much have to be. It just depends upon what happens in, within those first three years, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I kind of would side more towards train. If you're giving guy a ten-year contract, I don't know that it's going to be a three-year leash. Um, I mean, I guess anything's possible. This is the Raiders we're talking about, so I guess anything's possible. But I would think it would be closer to a five-year leash. Um, you know, I think that. Um, um, hold on a second. Okay, I, I think it was a good move, but I think he they committed too much. You know, I think that. Um, I think that's just a lot of money. You're, you're, you know, where do you go from here? You know, if he fails, where do you go? 
You know what I mean? You you just committed a hundred million dollars to to a coach who his last six years wasn't even a five hundred, um, two playoff appearances, and you know didn't win either one of them. Um, you know we all like him, you know, but you know he comes in with a good reputation, a couple Super Bowl appearances, but you know he has been out of the game for ten years. So we will see. We really will see, you know, what he brings to the table. I wish him well. I really wanted to ask my uh, my, my, my my Goombots man, Chuck, who's a lifelong Raiders fan, what he thinks because, you know, I think I'm curious what Raider Nation feels about bringing him back. I get the sense that they're pretty excited. So I guess we'll see. I guess my only concern is um, two concerns. One is the $100 million. And secondly, um you know, there is this thing we talked about, and, you know, we've had a lot of racism in this discussion tonight, some good, some not so good, goddamn K-Star. But, um, you know, did they, was the Rooney rule even really followed? And if it was, I'm pretty sure it was just ceremoniously followed. And this kind of goes back to what we yeah, talked yeah. about in the beginning where Dr. Train and J.B. both said, you know, hey, people, people learn how to get around these rules and regulations. And, um you know, if they did interview a minority candidate, it was they already knew who they wanted. They already knew. So they did it just to meet a rule. They didn't do it with any intent that that person had a real shot at getting the job. And that's really not the purpose of the rule. You know, can we control that? Not really. Um, but it kind of sucks. You know, it kind of sucks. It kind of brings us right back to where we started this conversation. So, all right, guys. Good show. A little fire. A little passion, bruh. Um, <laughs> final comments. Let's start with K Star. Yes, sir. Um, listen, man, Jalen Ramsey. Yo, we've been talking a lot of shit, bro. Been talking a lot of shit, saying that. Yeah, I know that Big Ben says he wanted us, but pretty sure we had him contemplating retirement. Yeah, that was a hot line, bro. That was a hot line. I gotta give it to you, but um. You know, he's going to see you on Sunday, and uh, let's get it straight. Big Ben's going to the Hall of Fame. You're still such a young player. You're about to go against one of the best receivers we've seen. So, strap up. The last time you played him, you still gave over 100, most of that at halftime, bro. So, let's do it. Okay. Uh, JB? Uh, a couple of things. Uh, we touched on in the very beginning about racist ads and whatnot, and it, it just – Unfortunately, it continues to cast a, a dark cloud over America. And hopefully the discussion that we've had has been fruitful for folks not just here on, on the show, but folks that are listening, that you really need to understand what comes out of your mouth or what you type. Because once it's out there, it's said. Once it's typed out there, it's there for people to read. And to think before you speak, think before you type, think before you hit the send button. Because some of the things that you may do, some of the things that you may type, some of the things that you may say, Someone's going to find them offensive, and we need to stop thinking about individuality and realize that we're all in this together as a team, as a nation. So that's one aspect of it. The other aspect, to bring it back to football, is looking at college football, it was a youth movement that we saw yesterday with the championship game, and now we have the, the, the father time folks coming up this weekend. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, with with the experience and then the lack thereof that we saw in, in yesterday's game, that the two the two differences from from that perspective. So I'm very curious to see how that's all going to play out for this weekend for, for pro football. 
Okay. Thank you, JP. Dr. Train. Well, man, um, thank you and K-Star for a spirit show. Um, I'm not going to repeat anything that, um, roll tide, bruh. Roll tide. I'm not going to repeat anything that, um, little brother Jay, I, I agree with everything that he said, you know, um, people just got a lot to learn about themselves and about other people. Uh, respect, love, you know, once that starts coming to the forefront, maybe we will see some some changes, but it starts with each, in, each individual, you know, each individual checking themselves. Other than that, man, um, past week's playoff game was nice. I love watching college football national championship. It, it always ends just like wow moments all together. I don't know if you guys saw the Facebook post, but the dude pulled the Tecmo Bowl move. And for those who play Tecmo Bowl, K-Star, I'm sorry. <laughs> you're just way too young to understand. Um, I played it. I played it. I played it. Just so you know, so you know the drop, so you know the you know the glitch for passing the ball. You know, running back to your own end zone and throwing to you. You don't know that glitch. Yeah. See, unless you, yeah, unless you know that glitch. Yeah, that's the Tecmo Bowl yes, glitch that the little freshman pulled off last night. You know what I'm saying? So sure. <laughs> kept running back, <laughs> turn around, boom, touchdown, game over. I I could have sworn he was born the same year I was, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, happy birthday to the wifey. We're going to San Francisco to oh, again to celebrate. Yes, happy uh, birthday. Birthday is actually on the 13th, but I'd rather just say it now, you know, since it's before, and we'll be in San Francisco this weekend celebrating, so it'll be fun. I got to pick and choose which game I'm actually going to see, so uh, maybe choose the Patriots game because she's a fan, and then – one of the other games on another day. Can't watch football all weekend. Steelers, Jaguars, bro. Steelers, Jaguars. See, see, you I'll know with train it. making that train making that money now. Cause I remember back. I know train a long time. Okay, but back in the day when the birthday <laughs> weekend came up, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yo, we going to Sizzler. We are gonna get a little something to eat. I'm gonna take it to a movie, and that's it. This nigga now, now he got that PhD. <laughs> he making that long money. Oh yeah, we going, you know, going to San Francisco. Where you, Chris? Oh, we, you know, we went over to Chicago. Oh, you know, we went over to New York and watched the Bears. <laughs> you know, play the Giants. You know, just shot over there. You know, T, you around, bro? I'm, you know, I'm out here in the city. What's up? I'm in New York. Nigga, how the hell did you get to New York? Oh, you know, jumped on my private jet and flew on out, bro. Come on down if you can. All right, just, you know, this cat banking now, and I ain't mad at you, man. Be Mr. Los Angeles. Yeah. I follow you. I I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> um, train on that, that, that train force one, isn't he? That's what he's flying, boy, train force hey. one. Hey, yeah, there. exactly, exactly. Been knowing each other since that in 2005, man. You got to love it. Man. Um, hey. Yeah, man. Never met so in person. Thing, That's what's funny about it. I know. That's we got to fix that. We got, we, a, we got a 15 year anniversary coming up. It's crazy. Yeah, man, saw you. Um, but anyway, um. <laughs> <laughs> so last words, man. You know, yep. I really do hope. I really, 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 really hope Chicago can lock Vic Fangio. If he's not going to, to a head coaching position, I really, really hope that he comes back to Chicago with him and this new offensive mind, the offensive coordinator. You know, it just gives me a whole lot more hope. Other than that, gentlemen. It's been awesome, and uh been a great day, and uh, roll tide. <laughs> That's what I was hey, Trank. Trank, can I ask a question real quick? 
So you said that you yeah. might miss a couple of games. Are you just going to watch them later on in the week or what? Or on like on Monday or something? Or Hey, Mama, catch them highlights, man. Hey, this is a white birthday, bro. Uh, you in my position, yeah. you don't have a whole lot of choices, man. Uh, <laughs> I like to cover everything. I feel enough. I'll get enough. Hey, I'll tell you what. I was lucky <laughs> that when I was married, and G, G knows, you know, my ex-wife, because she's still the mother of my two children, so G knows her. Uh, Jay, my brother knows her extremely well, so he'll, he'll, he'll appreciate this. Um, she's Puerto Rican, and normally – when you when you hear about you know the the general consensus of Puerto Rican is, women is they don't play that you know I got lucky I got a Puerto Rican woman that was like oh Sunday you gonna watch football oh okay I was like huh I was like what wait wait you you, you say I can watch football on Sunday Bruh. really okay cool uh, that's what I'm gonna do you know like she was cool with it like all right you know watch football then tell hey your dad's downstairs i had my little man cave when we was all in you know your dad's downstairs watching football um you know if you need something come to me and she would open the door uh is it a good time oh, yeah it's a commercial what's up oh you know one of the kids want to show you a picture they made send the kid down show me the picture get a hug and a kiss and my kids got trained <laughs> you know pun intended but my kids were trained and even to this day like they'll text. Like literally, my daughter will text me Sunday morning. Hey, Dad, can you pick me up from work this afternoon? Oh, wait a minute, it's Sunday. Never mind. Never mind. I'll get her. I'll get another ride. No, I come. No, 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 no. Hey, watch your football. Like I almost feel like, damn, damn, is that? But you know, oh, really? I will. I'll come get you. Cause see, the Cowboys play at one, and you get out at five. So we're good. We're good. Gotta watch that. Gotta watch that for tea on Sundays. Damn, have a whole family shook. Yeah, man. But um, so a few comments. And normally when I do my final words, I mute you guys. I'm not going to mute you guys this time because we've had such a spirit. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Uh, you all choked up about it. Yeah, all choked up. Um, in case you all want to chime back in, I don't want you all to not be able to comment on anything I'm about to say. Um, first of all, just for anyone out there listening, don't mistake passion for anger or hatred. K-Star is my brother. If I didn't care, I wouldn't even bother. And it's because I care that I spend the time in trying to elevate him in certain areas. I, I respect him. I think he's a smart guy. But, you know, we all, we all go through it. You know, when I was in my 20s, you couldn't tell me anything. I thought I knew everything. I got into my 30s, and I started to realize how much I didn't know. My 40s, I realized how much a fucking idiot I was. I really realized, like, damn, I was damn. a motherfucking, like, seriously, like, I realized I was a fucking moron. Master's degree, you know, six-figure job, didn't mean shit. I was a moron. I realized it when I got into my 40s. So I spent the last 10 years doing something about that and really trying to, you know, understand things from a different perspective, as my father used to say. Got to understand from from the right perspective. That's what Arthur Floyd used to say. And I spent the last decade really dedicating myself to listening more, even though I talk a lot. But God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason. So I started listening more. And I started getting out and experiencing things and really learning from a very different angle than I've ever learned in my life. So I feel now that I've finally hit 50 and you know, I'm at that stage now where, you know, frankly, at 50, the end of your life is closer than the beginning of your life. You know, at 50, you start to think about your mortality because 
you know, even if I live to 80, it's still 30 years away versus 50 years. So you start thinking about things and you start to appreciate things and respect things more and understand things more. So I also now have less patience for ignorance and stupidity. And I even have even less patience for people that I think should know better. So when I fire off at K-Star for a K-Star's benefit, for anybody out there listening, it's not because I don't like the guy. It's not because I don't respect the guy. It's because I do respect him, and I want him – I think he should know better. So if he doesn't, I get a little irritated, and I, gotta, I have to be better at that. But at the same time, I'm hoping – and we just had a little text exchange, so thank you, K-Star – that my words are ones that he considers and that everyone considers um, because there are people in life that I will go to when I need words of wisdom. There are people that I will talk to. I don't have a father anymore to talk to. I still have a mother, thank God, but my dad was one, as Jay will tell you, um, you know, and, and mom is still around. But there are other people that I can go to. Everyone should, you should have that, you know, who can I talk to? I don't get this. This doesn't make sense to me. So this person or that person or that group of people, family, friends, church, whatever, I don't, it doesn't matter. But someone that you can respect, that you can go to and say, Hey, I don't get this. I don't get why everyone's so upset over that sweatshirt. I really don't. And I'm coming to you cause, because you're not going to look down on me because I don't get it. But I don't get it. I don't get why everyone hates Donald Trump. Someone help me out. Seriously, you know, have that outlet that you can go to where someone could explain it. It doesn't mean you have to change your position. But we should understand each other's position. I understand why people like Donald gain, Trump. Gain perspective. I understand why I do understand it. You, you, you dig? I understand why people went at Oprah. They shouldn't, in my opinion, but I get it. I don't understand how anyone with any sense of, of common sense could see a little black kid in a coolest monkey in a jungle t-shirt and not be outraged. I don't understand that. Well, guess what? I'm going to talk to people that might be able to explain to me why someone would not get that. And everyone should have that. And, you know, take a minute and think, I'm not that person. I don't understand what it is to be that person. But how can I get a better perspective on being that person? And sometimes it really is as simple as just sitting down and going to a person like that and saying, hey, can we talk? I firmly believe that in this day of social media and texting and, and Facebook messaging and Instagram and Snapchat, and I can go on and on, that the art of sitting down and having a conversation with someone or even calling someone on the phone is lost. And that's why we have so many other problems that we have in the world, not just this country, but in the world, is because we don't sit down and talk to each other and listen. So if anyone is out there and I could give one piece of advice, if anyone out there respects anything I say, Commissioner T, the omniscient one, do yourself a favor. Talk less, listen more. And that's all I can say. All right. So enjoy the games this week. Should be some good ones. Winding down. Yeah, buddy. We're getting there. Ooh, dog. You think you think the, the college championship game is a spectacle? Until Super Bowl comes around. Oh my God. Um, so anyway, I want to thank my co-host, man. I I wouldn't. Uh, I every time I think about 
Why am I doing this? Should I just give this up? I have a show like tonight with three, three great, great young men, and it just fires me back up and just makes me happy to be associated with these three guys and, and, and have such a great time doing the show. So for my brothers, Dr. Train, K-Star, and my real real time, <laughs> and, my, and my real brother, JB, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the Madden Voice. Bruh. There we go. And uh, we will see you next Tuesday night. Watch these games this weekend. All feuds will be settled on the field. Good night, everybody. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.